0: It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Great moments are
1: born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here. That's what you've earned here tonight. Forget about
2: the
3: crowd. It's the size of the school. Their fancy uniforms. And remember what got you here. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential, to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. On this team, we tear ourselves
2: and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch because we know... When we add up all
0: those inches,
2: that, that, that's going to make the f***ing difference between winning and losing.
0: It's Down to the Wire with, with, with Errol Marks and Speedy Petey. Oh, Petey! Oh, Petey! On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new show of Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host and utter crazy lunatic friend. Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Monday and Wednesday, which below the mic is Wednesday, every single Monday and Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. You can call us at 600, yes, well, I'm not 600, 631-500-0548. Again, it is 631-500-0548. 0548. You can also go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com, ladies and gentlemen. And also, you can go to our app. Well, how do you do that? Well, it's very simple. You could beat the hell out of Speedy and get it out from him. I, I love doing that. Or you can do this. I'm sure you do. I do. I, I love just uh, just absolutely harassing this kid right next to me. So if you guys want to harass somebody, listen to our show every single day. It's very easy to harass them. Anyways, uh, if you want to download our app, and you should download our app, you go to iOS, which is Apple, WWSRN, or
1: Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy, what's going on, man? I encourage everyone to download our app without physical violence, but there we here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a lot of physical violence out there, and and why not
2: give it to the worst person of them all? That's Speedy Petey. Anyways, um, we have a great show lined up for you guys today. It's all content, no guests. Which is always great. Uh, so you'll, you'll absolutely hear the debating and the argumental thoughts of the big E and the little C. That's what we call little Speedy. But anyways, there's um, no
1: C in my well, nickname. Well, so it how does that even well, make any sense? We call
2: you little C, just like we call uh, little Josh. Yeah, little J. But his name starts with J. Well, it's it's just a little bit of a you know. It, it just gives you some pizzazz. With Why don't C you C. call
1: me little P if you're gonna do that?
2: No, you, well, you do have a little P. <laughs>
1: Okay, so even more indicative in that case. Oh,
2: Anthony LaRocca. Where is Philk? I I don't know where he is. Where's Philk? Why are you asking us where
1: Philk is? We haven't seen Philk in over two years. He he
2: might be under (laughs) the ice of Madison Square Garden, you know, swimming or hoping that the Rangers will probably bring in Connor McDavid or somebody else.
1: (laughs) That would be nice, but... That's gonna that's gonna be <laughs> a very filk, big man. long shots.
2: Well, there's a lot of long shots when it comes to Ranger fans, and Felk being one of them. <laughs> filk is all about his milk, right? Do you like milk?
1: Do yes, I like milk. Oh, do, well, hold on, milk? before
2: we get into the sports, do you like two percent or one percent or whole milk?
1: What one, do you like? One.
2: Why do you like one percent? Does it, it a, taste like a cow's uh, cow's milk? Is that what you like? I don't know.
1: Well, I never drank a milk sh- drank milk straight from myself. So, wow, so you were about
2: to say you've never drank in uh, a milkshake. Is that what you're trying no, to no, say? No, no, no. Of
1: course, I've had a milkshake. Uh, milkshakes okay, so, are delicious. So but... you like
2: whole milk uh, milkshakes
1: or one percent milkshakes? I don't know the difference in what they put in the milkshake. I prefer thicker milkshakes in terms of just. So drinking, you like it thick? In terms of just yeah yeah the milkshakes yes. In terms of just tr- drinking milk or putting milk in coffee or something like that, I prefer one percent. So you like thick milk? Milkshakes. That's what you're saying. Correct. Do you like? Do you
2: Correct. like banana thick or yes. do you like?
1: Oh, so you like. I love banana. You like.
2: Shakes. You like big bananas, right? I love
1: banana milkshakes. Uh, so, so, which one? Like? ice cream. Banana milkshakes. Like, do you like? You yeah. like big bananas or small bananas? Well. The bananas in the milkshake. Do you like uh, it curvy? Do uh, like it? That, that doesn't matter. I don't like a lot of it. Like a lot of the banana chunk, oh, big yeah, banana. So you don't like them I chunky. like the flavoring of the banana ice cream more. Oh. I don't mind smaller banana chunks in a banana milkshake, mm. but not not large one where it consumes and and mm. like it's hard to drink with the milkshake, especially if it's thicker. Today. Well, so you like it thick, and you like bananas. Yes. So so you like a banana-thick milkshake? I like a thick banana milkshake, a banana banana ice cream base. Okay. You could have smaller banana chunks in Uh, it. Smaller. Smaller banana chunks. Yes. I don't want it to consume the milkshake and be like a... Not not a primary flavor, but a flavor that would drown out a very good banana ice cream flavor.
2: Oh, Oh, so so, let's just finish this up and we'll go on to the sports. So you like thick banana milkshakes with a little bit of chunks of bananas inside of it. Mm -hmm. And what why do you like that? It is it, I, I love your, banana ice cream. So, so you like banana ice cream. Do you like banana you like banana splits? Yes. Oh, so what kind of what kind of uh bananas do you like to split in? You know, what what kind of what
1: do you like to put in your banana split? I the ice cream that I like, just three scoops of any ice yeah, cream. Yeah, but do that you I like, like, I
2: like you like sauce? Do you like it? You like chunks of peanuts? Uh yeah, uh, yeah I could do that. So uh, you like hot the fudge, nuts? Hot fudge I could do So you like nuts? Is, is I, don't, I don't mind them. Not a, again. Not a lot of them. Kind of like the bananas. So. so you like banana and nuts? So would you banana nuts? <laughs> banana nuts. That's, banana that's nuts. a whole different thing. <laughs> but do you like banana nuts? That's what I'm asking you. I don't mind them. <laughs> okay, so you like bananas in your nuts? What? Yeah. That's I'm just asking you. I don't mind them. Okay, so everybody, this guy, you know, Speedy Peedy, uh, we call him Little C or Little P, whatever you want to call him. He likes his banana. You know, his banana milkshakes with little banana chunks, and he likes one percent milk. And ladies and gentlemen, he loves his peanuts. So if if you guys want to send him some nuts, uh, just send him whatever he you know. What kind of nuts do you like?
1: I, I you like
2: thick nuts? You like big nuts? You like big nuts? I like walnuts.
1: You like walnuts? They're nuts? not bad. They're not my favorite. Okay, okay.
2: Bad. Let's get off the nuts because I'm getting a little nutty here. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, nice. uh, I, I do want I do want to get into the NBA and and yesterday was an absolute catastrophe and I'm gonna tell you why it was a catastrophe yesterday I I enjoy NBA weekend I enjoy the NBA slam dunk competition with its own day it's NBA three-point contest and obviously uh, what do they call that um, I guess you could say the relay whatever they what it call the skills that? challenge the skills challenge yeah. okay so here's the problem all right they they put it all together in one day, okay, and I understand that it's the COVID-19, I understand it was in Atlanta, and I understand that some of the players couldn't get down there until Saturday night, Sunday morning. Here's the problem with the NBA, and and this is, they're trying to change the wheel, okay? I watched the slam dunk contest. I didn't watch the All-Star game. The All-Star game was absolutely pathetic. Okay? I have no idea why they've completely changed the way the All Star game is played. Be- meaning, every single quarter, they're they're going from zero to. Uh, for, uh, if, if, you're, if, if they're up 56 to 40, they go all the way back to zero and start the game all over. How are you going to decide who is the winner and who is the loser? I don't understand. And then the slam dunk contest, okay? And this, uh, at the end of the second quarter, in the half, okay? I, I understand that you got to speed up the process. It was like 40 minutes, all right? 40 minutes, and, and these guys are sitting down. Now, let's say one of these guys pull a muscle, mm-hmm. hurt a knee, hurt an ankle, hurt a toe, stick their toes up Speedy's ass. I have no idea. What happens if that happened? Because they were sitting too long. That's what and, – and what are the, what are the NBA – what is the NBA going to say if that happened? Now you you look at the slam dunk contest. You had Simon, Anthony, Simon. You had uh, Obi Toppin. and who's the other kid? Kasha Cass- Stanley. Kasha Stanley, who had, I believe had the best dunk out of all three of them in the first in, in the first round. All right. Now I understand their favorites, and I, I I understood that the judges really wanted Obi Toppin to win, maybe because of who his father is, maybe because uh, Obi Toppin has got a sexy name. I have no idea why the judges. Wanted Obi Toppin to win, and I, I was rooting for Obi Toppin because he's a Nick, and I expected some unbelievable dunks. This dunk contest was one of the worst dunk contests contests I've ever seen, and I th- the best dunk was the first round. It was, I agree, it yeah. was really the best dunk. And everybody keeps talking about Anthony uh, Simons dunk. See, Anthony Simons dunk, yes, he's six foot three. He's dunking. He's, he's jumping up fifteen feet in the air and dunking the ball. Great. All right, and he's got unbelievable hops. When you watch the dunking contest, you expect original dunks, unique dunks,
1: new dunks. Did we see that yesterday? Did we, Speedy? Only bes- besides the first dunk with Simons where he did the little. No, the we've little... seen
2: people do that all the time. They never
1: taped that to the hoop. Right? Absolutely, oh, we've seen it. Yes, I, I don't remember that. Okay, Messed yes, up we've my seen time that.
2: Okay. Dwight Howard did that. We've seen that. We saw we saw somebody. Um, Dwight Howard. Put up a hoop 15 feet in the air and dunk the ball.
1: Yeah, he extended the height of the hoop. I thought it meant the new hoop from that angle. Which... There was nothing original about any of these dunks. Only the, only the angle. That was the only difference. Because normally they, they approach it from the court. He approached it from the baseline, like behind the court, which was which was a little different than we normally and,
2: see. And, and, and by the way, Carl's saying nobody even knew who Anthony Simons is. And and by the way, I didn't even know who Anthony Simons was. I didn't know he could jump that high. Okay? Because mm-hmm. he's really not a dunker in the NBA. He's no, more he only, of a shooter. He only had two dunks all year. He's, he's more of a shooter. <laughs> right. So I, I, I didn't know who he was. But I, I'll, I tell you this. I understand what the NBA is trying to do. They're trying to reinvent the wheel. And with, when you watch the NBA uh, skills competition, you want to see something amazing. There was nothing amazing about Sunday's skills competition, slam dunk contest, and three-point three contest. We saw three-point shooters that wouldn't be in a three-point contest if it was on Saturday. Mm. Okay, let's be honest. Jalen Brown, is a three-point shooter. Come on. <laughs> All right, I, Conley is he a real three point shooter? The answer is no. I mean, Donovan Mitchell he's a good three point shooter. Is he? A, is he? Does he fit in the NBA three point contest? No. Okay, and the only person that really fit there was Steph Curry. You know why Steph Curry was the only three point shooter in that? Because they wanted Steph Curry to win. There was no challenge there. The NBA didn't give Steph Curry a challenge. Everybody and their mother knew Steph Curry was going to win the three point
1: contest. I mean, I could have been blindfolded and would have picked Steph Curry to win the three-point contest. I was seeing a lot of different reactions on Twitter, like, they should they should make Steph Curry shoot with one hand, they should make Steph Curry shoot lefty. It was, it was pathetic! Yeah, right.
2: It was absolutely pathetic, and, and the NBA's trying to sell that to the public, trying to sell that to all the people that are sitting down, expecting
1: something unique. There was nothing unique about the All-Star weekend! Well, every All-Star game is going to have that kind of competition, No matter uh, that kind of issue with the competition, no matter what sport it is, just because we're... Seeing players again drop out of it because of their injury, they're worried about the injuries. Uh, we're seeing players again want to have it in baseball. The controversy does the home run Derby mess up your swing, stuff like that? That we as a result, the dimin- the field kind of gets diminished as a result. We definitely saw that with the dunk contest where Obi Toppin's really a flashy dunker, no doubt about that, but again, not a lot of people. Are going to follow him as closely because he's a rookie, and so is Cassius Stanley. Simons is, a, I think, a third year player. So, again, not, not a lot of people know who they are. They're losing a lot with the namesake. And again, baseball is that same problem. Hockey, I think, has that same problem in certain skills competitions. And again, that's just a problem that modern sports have, unfortunately. I and mean, then Steph Curry is obnoxious. He really is. In the All Star game, he's shooting the three point shots,
2: he's dancing, he's looking at Chris Weber. Chris Weber. Okay. <laughs> Chris Weber. Like anybody gives a crap about what Chris Webber is going to do or how he's going to react to Steph Curry shooting a three. I don't give a crap. And I want to give a shout out to the Greek freak because to me, he was the only one that actually was playing in the game. It was the only one I actually wanted to play because it seemed like, and I, I in the all-star game, in the old all-star games when Michael Jordan played, if anybody, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, uh. uh um, even Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all these all-star games. Uh, you, you remember that these guys were competing to win. The Western Conference always wanted to beat the East, and the East wanted to beat the West. It was always a competitive game. Why is it that this game now is a waste of space? They shouldn't even have an all-star game anymore, just like the NFL shouldn't have a pro Bowl anymore. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and to me, it was absolutely lame what the NBA did on, I guess you could call that NBA All-Star Weekend, because it wasn't an All-Star Weekend. They shouldn't have had the All-Star Game, especially with COVID-19. There were no fans in the audience. They had these virtual fans, which was ridiculous, and, and to me, I, there's no need for it. It was no need for it. And 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 you expect what? What do you look forward to All Star Weekend? What does everybody look forward to NBA All Star Weekend? The three point competition and the slam dunk competition. And what did we see? An absolute disgrace of the NBA for NBA All Star Weekend. Steph Curry with no challenge. Obi Toppin was the favorite, and you could see, you could see that he was a favorite because to me he had the weakest dunks. He had the weakest dunks, and you're talking to a, a Nick fan, and who loves Obi. His
1: first one was nice, but beyond that, why well, he not bounced rids. the
2: ball, he caught the ball in the air, and he dunked it through his get legs. Bouncing
1: it through your legs is hard. Yeah, it was,
2: it was. It was. It was the most unique dunk he had the right, whole time. That was, the,
1: like I said, that was the only one that was. Really it was nothing up. impressive.
2: That's nothing we haven't seen before. Well, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying it's still hard. (laughs) Uh, Anthony LaRocca says the NBA All-Star game sucked more than Ashley Sarge cameo on Blue Bloods. (laughs) Shots (laughs) fire. What a Uh, a return to the comment section. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley, man, I will say this. Ashley Sarge has been on more movies and more TV shows than... um, (laughs) <laughs> then, uh I guess you could say Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I mean, that guy's in more movies, more TV shows, more commercials. I mean, I, I, and, and, and you can't miss him. I mean, you can't miss an old guy with a peg leg. <laughs> oh,
1: of course he's in more cameos. That'll probably be his I love peak. you, Ashley. <laughs> that, that's his peak.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it was an
2: absolute disgrace for the NBA. But, Let's I even land that stuff. There's you know, really no. Nothing... We don't
1: know. We don't know, Anthony.
2: <laughs> did you Did you think that? Did you think the Greek Freak should have won the um, the All Star Game uh, MVP? Yeah, he I made mean, every shot. I
1: think that has to
2: say something. I mean, it was it. it was a disgrace, but he was the only one I actually played. But oh, well, yeah, of course. And it, that's all I really wanted to get into with the NBA All Star Game because it was a disgrace, and the NBA should be ashamed of itself. And Adam Silver, who I think is the best commissioner in professional sports, that doesn't say much. It doesn't say much because yeah, Roger Goodell, <laughs> yeah. the biggest idiot, Gary Bettman, who doesn't know his ass. for, from his tailbone, and then you have a, a Rob Manford, who probably doesn't know who's going to be pitching on opening day. Honestly, so, I think I think I think Manford surpassed Batman as the second worst at this point. I, I would say so too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Rob Manford's an idiot, but yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't lost his job, and he'll probably lose his job in 2024 because I don't, I, I can't see any of the the owners voting him back in because he's a complete moron. Anyways, I, I want to get into more of the NFL because uh, you know Dak Prescott who he has one more, the the Cowboys have one more day to extend him, franchise him or extend him, or he becomes a free, an unrestricted free agent. And I'm telling you this right now. If the Cowboys sit back and think that they're going to get Russell Wilson and and Russell Wilson is going to be traded to the Cowboys, they have the best chance of getting Russell Wilson, but it's not going to happen. It's not. Seattle's going to have to get a bunch of draft stock to get to obviously move on from Russell Wilson. And Dak Prescott's got to be moved into the trade. So why not franchise Dak or give him an extension on his contract, a three- to four-year deal? And if you want Russell Wilson
1: or he becomes available, then you have a piece that you can trade him for. Now, my question is, well, how do do you say that the Cowboys are the favorite when they're cash-strapped, they need a lot on defense, and they don't have a lot of drafts? Because, uh, again, the Cowboys are going to have to trade away pieces
2: to add Russell Wilson. Because he's under contract, you're going to have to give away a contract or two to get Russell Wilson. And they do have pieces that I think the Seattle Seahawks would love. And they have wide receivers. They have a, a, a... a legitimate three pair of uh, of, of wide receivers. But that Seattle's you, a new need wide move.
1: receivers, though. Uh, well, <laughs> you say needs that. Defense you, you say that <laughs> right now. Line. You say that right now. DK Metcalf hasn't done it without Russell Wilson, has he? Has he? No, but uh, when you're come when it comes to roster construction, that's really not their biggest issue right now. When it comes to you building d- a you team, you trade
2: for a big wide, big time wide receiver. Maybe you get. Uh, uh, who who do they have? Maybe you get a Cooper or somebody of that magnitude. You bring them to your team and then you trade them and you try to add more pieces to that team because that's what you're going to have to I mean, do. Unless,
1: yeah, unless you're trying to add a three way trade where Cooper goes to someone else in the deal, or that maybe could they, happen, or maybe they get Cooper and they trade Lockett or something like that. Like, okay, I can understand that. I'm just saying from a direct trade, Russell from a Wilson only picked standpoint.
2: the Russell Wilson only picked maybe two or three teams that he wants to play for.
1: Right. And, and that, so, so why would they trade him to a team that he doesn't want to play for? Well, no, they're of course gonna they're, they're not going to do that. But I'm saying in terms of the four. Teams that he wanted to trade for the Seahawks. If they're going to try to trade him, they're going to either want to get a lot of draft picks or they're going to want to get a lot of defense to help them out. The Seahawks and the Cowboys have very similar strengths and weaknesses right now, so I don't really don't think that makes sense. Plus, both uh, the C- the Cowboys are very cash strapped, and Seattle, while they're not really cash strapped, they're still not uh, they're still not in the greatest money situation. There's a lot of teams not in the greatest money situation.
2: All the teams that are in the greatest money situation are one of the some of the worst teams in the NFL. Oh yeah, <laughs> I-, I mean seriously, the Jets being one of them and I know because I'm a Jet fan, Uh, Jacksonville, another team, the number one team. So you're looking at... Obviously, Russell Wilson, where everybody keeps talking about where does Russ want to go, where could Russ go uh, if he becomes available. I don't think he's going to become available. And if he does become available, why not sign Dak Prescott, give him the extension, give him the three, four-year deal worth about $32, $33 million a year. He is still, to me, a top 12, 12, top 13 quarterback. He is. Go look at his numbers the last four years. He has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. There's no question. Yeah, if you want to say that his 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 yards per throw and and his touchdown radius comes in the fourth quarter when the game is practically over, that's fine. That's not his fault. That's not his fault. His team stinks. Yeah, that's not his
1: fault. He's playing in shootouts all the time. It's not that. It's, it's, not it's not his fault. It's
2: <laughs> not his fault that his coach right now is absolutely overrated and he stinks, Mike McCarthy. Okay, so well, Mike McCarthy doesn't coach the defense. It but. doesn't matter. He coaches the offense, and to me, to me the guy's a complete moron. It's all about the quarter, it's all about the quarterbacks that he's been coaching. You're going to tell me when you look at Rodgers and you look at Brett Favre, two of the best quarterbacks, two of the top best quarterbacks, top ten best quarterbacks in NFL history? No, they didn't need Mike McCarthy. We're not saying that. But, but Dak Prescott's done it without my, 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 Mike McCarthy.
1: Not to the level that he was doing this season. What are you talking about? Yes, he was. The, the pace he was on he for the first four five games. games. He
2: played four games. Four and a half right. games. And his
1: pace was never better than what he when it was the really? first four years of his because,
2: career. Really? Because the year before that, he threw almost 5,000 yards. He threw four thousand five hundred and sixty seven something yards.
1: He had a great season the year before that. He had, a, he had a great like first half and then he kind of leveled out and then he played better in certain games but he wasn't having Is Russell
2: season. Wilson that much better than Dak Prescott?
1: Honestly. Yes, I would say so. How? Russell How? Wilson is, what a is top, Rus- Russell Wilson the top three quarterback.
2: Uh, okay, okay, so you think Russell Wilson is a top three quarterback. That's fine. Dak's probably top but, ten. Well, now,
1: let me ask you a question. What makes Russell Wilson a top three quarterback? Bigger arm, better play extender, uh, makes a bit better variety of throws. Was uh, he the reason why Seattle
2: won the Super Bowl when they won it. Not at the time, no. Okay, so no. what has Russell
1: Wilson done since then? Right, but we're not comparing 2013. If, you're, if you want to compare 2013. I'm just 20- asking you, right, what is he Are we comparing doing? 2013 Russell Wilson to now Dak Prescott? I'm looking at Russell Wilson now, and you saw
2: him in the playoffs this past year, and because he doesn't have an offensive line, he's crying the river right now. That doesn't have an offensive line, and he's making excuses. If you're a great quarterback and you're a top quarterback right now in the league, you shouldn't be complaining. You should go out there and play as hard as you possibly can.
1: Yeah, I'm not denying that. I'm just asking you, if you're comparing 2013 Russell Wilson to now Dak Prescott, or now Dak Prescott to now Russell Wilson, because now, and that's by the two way, different John, debates.
2: John is saying right now that uh, Dak, uh, I, I like Dak, but Wilson certainly is another uh, on another level. That's fine. And yeah. that's, that's everybody's opinion. My opinion is, when I watch all these quarterbacks play, Russell Wilson has not done it without a top defense. He hasn't. He hasn't done it himself. His offensive game, and everybody looked at what they did this year offensively, especially in the first half of the season, and then going into the second half, how they completely died down in their offensive game, maybe because of the offensive line, maybe because of certain weaknesses in their defense. Russell Wilson, you're the best player on the team. You have to produce. If you, if you want to win a championship, you look at Tom Brady. And I am not a Tom Brady fan. Everybody knows I am not a Tom Brady fan. You don't say. <laughs> when Tom Brady needed to make a play in the playoffs, he made the play. Did he not? Mm-hmm. Did he not? He did. He did. Okay? Russell Wilson, when he needed to make the play, did he make the play? The answer is No. But again, okay. that, that was didn't. really
1: that was really his first bad playoff dud, though that you could say was completely on him, though. Because before that, I mean, they lost. Thirty-two years old, he's still an elite quarterback. Dak Prescott, to me,
2: I, I'm not saying that he's better than Russell Wilson, and I, I think people are, have to go over what I'm trying to say here. I'm not. I'm not saying that Dak is better than Russ. But here's the thing: Dak has played on worse teams, worse teams, worse defenses. Where's the offensive lines? Because the offensive line is old, okay? It's an old, decrepit offensive line, okay? And Dak has done
1: more with a bad team than Russell Wilson has. Am I right or wrong? Maybe, but again, you're judging only certain extents where Seattle was a differently built team than they were in, in years past where they didn't have the defense, and Dallas doesn't have the defense either. So I think in terms of team construction, they're kind of canceling out in a sense. Now, in terms of what Russell Wilson had in the past, he had a great defense, but he also didn't have the receivers at that time. Who was the rest receiver? Doug Baldwin? I mean, that's, that's I'm weird. just saying that if you look at what Dak Prescott has played with, and you look at the, uh, the
2: the teams that he has played on, and then you try to compare and contrast the teams that Russell Wilson has played on, Russell Wilson's had more talent. He has. You can argue your points that he has. Now, that doesn't mean that Dak isn't better than Russ. Here's the thing. In a big game with less, uh, less, uh, less talent around you, who would I pick? Would, would I trust Dak Prescott, or will I trust Russell Wilson? The answer is... Uh, from what I've seen in the last couple of years, I would trust Dak Prescott with less talent
1: than Russell Wilson. But how do you judge that with just by what less I've seen, team talent I, or less talent around him offensively? Because there's, uh, there's a difference there. Uh, okay. Less talent, period. Less talent, period.
2: Look at what Dak Prescott has played with over the years. Okay, besides this year, because Dak really didn't have a season because he played five games, four games. Okay, so let's not count this year. Let's count the last two years before that, and you look at the talent that he has had around him, with the injuries that he's had, the offensive line was, Dak Prescott practically got his team into the playoffs every single year. And actually won a couple of playoff games with a team that everybody couldn't stand.
1: Their coach, their offensive coordinator, and their defense. Nobody's saying that's not good, but Russell Wilson also again, had those I'm not his saying that
2: too. Speedy, you can you can argue your points on Russell Wilson. Anybody would argue Russell Wilson. So you sitting here and arguing Russell Wilson, I should smack you in the head because anybody would sit here and argue Russell Wilson. Okay. I am arguing that Dak Prescott has won with less than Russell Wilson has. Russell Wilson has had more over the years, and that's why Russell Wilson has a Super Bowl. Okay. And you look at Dak, look at the team that he has had around him. Look at the players. Look at the coaches he's had around him. You you can argue your point that Russell Wilson
1: has one of the best, to me, one of the best coaches in the NFL. Okay, but also, what, what do you, you have to judge the offensive coordinators. You have to judge the receivers he had in different points in his career. Yes, Dak, his rookie year, I give him a lot of credit because he did not have a, a lot of great receivers at that time. His best receiver was Cole Beasley because Dez Bryant struggled badly that year with Dak. But Russell Wilson, in the beginning of his career, had scrap heap guys. Doug Baldwin, Jermaine Curse, Ricardo Lockett. Who are these guys? I mean, that's they're not great either. He had a great running
2: game. He had Marshawn Lynch. He Lynch.
1: He had Marshawn Lynch for the first two years. Oh, get out of here. He and then, had
2: Marshawn Lynch, the best To me, at that point, he was the best Running back in the NFL, or second best running back In all of football, okay And when you have a beast of a man that can run Through lines, you can dominate We've seen that over and over and over again Great running games in the playoffs And great defense, wins championships Why do you think Tampa won The Super Bowl this year? Hmm, I wonder, maybe because of Leonard Fournette Running the ball the way he did in the Super Bowl And throughout the playoffs, and their defense The dominating defense that they
1: had, especially against the Green Bay Packers. But has Dallas's running game ever been a bad liability that's held them back, though, in Dak's tenure outside of this year? All I'm saying is,
2: how much better is Russell Wilson than Dak Prescott? And the answer is, maybe a little bit. That's my argument here. I don't know if Adding Russell Wilson to the Cowboys, that solidifies them to win a Super Bowl. That we
1: agree on, because I think the Seahawks are in a very similar so situation. So why not keep Zach Prescott's? You they would... should. Uh, we're, we're agreeing with that sense. Dallas should not trade draft stock to so just upgrade a quarterback. They're already upgraded a position. A 33-year-old year
2: old guy for a 23-year-old guy.
1: I'm I, 24-year-old 27 guy. or something. But is he, is he 27? Yeah, 2016 draft. He's older now, but... My p- know, he's don't, still young. He's right. still they still six, They have other younger. issues to deal with than trying to get another quarterback in there and wasting draft stock to do that because Russell Wilson is still enough of an upgrade where they're going to have to trade Dak Prescott and probably second, third round picks in order to do it and probably some other players that they already are good on that team when the Cowboys have a lot of holes in their roster, as do the Seahawks. It doesn't make sense for either side for, for them to f- just flip-flop quarterbacks because Seattle's trying to get the best value they can get back for Russell Wilson if they're going to trade him. They're not trading him. I don't think they are either, but I'm saying if they're going to trade him, they're going to have to try to get the best value imaginable and try to fill other holes on their team where they might not be able to get that type of quarterback. And the the Cowboys, outside of their linebackers, really don't have a lot of talent on that defense.
2: And John was saying, do you have any concerns about Dak's health? No, I don't. Because if you look at what Dak has gone through his whole career, from college football, look, he lost his mom his senior year of college. He went into the NFL draft. He was a fourth round draft pick. He had, Tony Romo got hurt in the preseason He took over for Tony Romo, where everybody thought uh, he wasn't an NFL starting quarterback. Absolutely blew past some of the rookie quarterbacks that came out of that class, the Jared Goffs in the world and the Carlson Wentz. He played just as well as any of those guys his first season. And then he lost his father. I mean, he lost his brother this past year, uh, hanging himself, uh, committing suicide. All the tries and tribulations. And then he hurt his ankle the way he did, where it could be career-threatening. So... If there's anybody that can get through this... It's Dak Prescott. That's what I love about the guy. The guy has been through so many things in such a short time, and he still succeeded as far as he has as an NFL quarterback. And he's still the leader of the Dallas Cowboys when every single Cowboy fan was, was practically throwing his head out there. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously. Nobody I said, feel bad for the guy.
1: Nobody said they were the brightest fan base. <laughs>
2: well, it has nothing to do with brightness. And, and by the way, Speedy, you're a you're a giant fan, so I know you hate the Cowboys. So I, I wouldn't yeah, take, but I don't hate Dak. I actually want to take I any actually, information I actually. I wanted
1: the Giants to draft Dak in that draft because I, I had him as one of my sleepers that year. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Dak
2: Prescott doesn't get enough respect. I really don't. That's my argument here. When you're trying to compare and contrast Russell Wilson to Dak Prescott, I, I look at Russell Wilson having more, Dak having less. Dak's been through so many different things and trials and tribulations. And by the way, he's had two coaches in his career in the four or five years that he's played. And how many coaches has Russell Wilson had? He's had one. He's had one. That's the difference. But how many offensive coordinators has he had? Though? It doesn't matter. It doesn't it Does really matter. They're running the same offense. They've run the same offense. Not really. I Except last year. Yeah, so, I was going to say, I,
1: I don't think they've really run the same offense. That's why they offense. fired him. Yeah, Daryl Bevel, for, for the first, I think, four years he was there, was their offensive coordinator, and they were very similar in that. And then 2017, they had all the running back injuries, so they were kind of stopped running the ball that year. Then it went back to that in other certain years, 2018, with that. So it's kind of flip-flopped the types of offenses that they've run. But again, Russell Wilson has been kind of comfortable in both. Whether he's the big guy or not is another question, because you're right. At the beginning of his career, probably the first three years of his career, he wasn't really that guy. He was a above-average, decent quarterback that wasn't elite, and was good enough for what the Seahawks had, running and defense. Then 2015 started to peak, and that's where he started to get enter that elite quarterback conversation, because he was carrying him a lot with all the defensive injuries they had, and the injuries to Lynch that year, and they had all those rotation of different backups, that's when we started to see. So the team identity didn't change completely, but it started to change, and now it's completely changed, where he's the offense, and the defense is terrible. And, and that's why I'm arguing. I, I'm, I'm sticking up for Dak
2: Prescott, because the Cowboys should give him what he wants. I don't think he's worth $40 million, and I wouldn't pay Dak Prescott $40 million. $35, 34 right. and a half? i give him that money. Dak Prescott is absolutely worth it. And the Cowboys looking for another quarterback and trying to fish for Russell Wilson. Listen, you could keep fishing. If you want to look for a catfish, go right ahead. You're not going to find him. Okay? It's not going to happen. Unless the Cowboys want to trade away practically half their team and half their draft stock, it's not going to happen. And is Dak Prescott that much worse than Russell Wilson to give up that draft stock? And
1: the answer and my argument is no! You're already cash-strapped as you're is. Just pay what you have and try to rebuild the other things that you need because there are more issues on this team than you probably would have thought at the end of last year, even with the good draft that they had. We thought we both said that Dallas had one of the best drafts in 2020. Absolutely. Still, there were a lot more holes on this team than a lot of people realize. So why are you trying to trade that more? Your cash start as it is, just kind of surrender that. And I, and I said the same thing about the Rams with Matthew Stafford. Kind of, You kind of surrender that part of it and still try to build in those other areas. And the Cowboys, as we know, have a lot more holes than the Rams, do.
2: And Anthony was saying chances that Josh Allen can win the MVP next season. Mm. There's a lot of chances. Very first, good chance. First of all, Josh Allen, and, and my arguments to some of these young quarterbacks that have come into the league, and Josh Allen in that draft class, some people would say, besides Lamar Jackson, was the worst quarterback in that draft class. People loved Baker Mayfield. People loved Sam Donald. People loved Josh Rosen. Nobody really spoke about Josh Allen except the fact that he has a great arm. He's inconsistent. Josh Allen, in the last couple of years, has really emerged to be the best quarterback in that draft Definitely. class. And you, you could talk about Lamar Jackson winning the MVP and, and doing what he has done as well as he has done. He really did it on a better team. When you look Way at Buffalo, you look at Buffalo, they were more known for their defense, not their offense. And Josh Allen has really brought back that offensive style of game from the Jim Kellys of the world, from those Buffalo Bills in the 90s when they were more of an offensive team and they were a good defensive team. So I, 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 I talk. When you look at the, some of the quarterbacks that have come into the league in the last couple of years, and you try to compare and contrast the Burrows of the world, the Darnolds of the world, the, the Jacks of the world. And, and to me, the NFL is set up very, very well with some of these young quarterbacks because they really stand out. Josh Allen, to me, has stood out out of all of them. He really has. And, and, and the great thing about Josh Allen is there's, there's so much room for improvement. There is. And he, he, now he has a number one wide receiver. He's got weapons all over the field. He doesn't have a running game. And that's something that Buffalo right. needs to look look for in the draft this year. That is so imperative to find themselves a number one running back. And there's quite a few of them that you can find in the later rounds. You don't have to right. draft them uh, you know, in, 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 in the first or second round. And I
1: doubt they will because they've done that in the previous drafts anyway. I think they're trying to look for who could be that other guy to complement what they need. Because they drafted running backs in the third round and the second round in recent drafts. But, yeah, maybe this is an all-around run game. They need something to platoon it more. Or maybe they need uh, the concepts to change of Brian Dable, who will be returning for a third year because he didn't get a head coaching job. Which so, I was very surprised about. I, uh, yeah, and, yeah, especially with a lot of the weird hires that happened, yeah. So maybe that's something. Maybe he wasn't used to coaching with, with Zach Moss, or maybe they just tried to coach Singletary the same way. Because I think they're both talented running backs. They just need to be coached the right way. And also, I think maybe because Josh Allen had that really kind of surprising hot start, maybe they stopped running the ball, too.
2: Well, and and also, he runs the ball too much.
1: I I will say this. Oh, he was our leading rusher in like five different games this year.
2: (laughs) They need to protect him more. He should not be running the ball as much as he does, especially in the open field. He gets hit a lot. And I know he's a big guy. I know he's fast. I know he's strong. And he has the ability to use his legs. Uh, when you have a franchise quarterback and you know that that kid is going to give you the best chance to win a Super Bowl in the near future, a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl, I don't remember. They the last never time. have won
1: a Super Bowl. They only lost the four straight. <laughs> it, it, to
2: me, you need Josh Allen to stay healthy and you need Josh Allen to be on the field. And him running the ball the, the way he does, it puts him in harm's way. So, uh, as good as he is and how dynamic he is on the field running the ball, uh, the Buffalo Bills need to protect him. They do. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. They do. And if from an offensive line 3-4 years ago it was one of the worst, yeah. becoming one of the best offensive lines in football, maybe because of the whole Rex Ryan era and and Rex Ryan didn't really build around the offensive line. It was all about defense. And and you see a lot of those Rex Ryan players are gone. They're and no a lot, longer A lot of the players that were good before Rex Ryan got ruined by him, too. So. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, Buffalo is a completely different organization, a different owner, different everything. So uh, again, I look at you know Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a, is going to be a dynamic player. He's a great player, and 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 to me, he will be an MVP candidate next year if he can stay healthy. The guy over the last couple of years, did you see how many times he got hit in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I mean, he got tortured. the The game that he the, the game that they lost. In uh, the AFC title game against the Kansas City Chiefs, how many times do we see Josh Allen get killed? Both those tackles were terrible in that game. I, I mean, he got killed against yes. a, a, to me a Kansas City Chiefs team
1: that's over off of a defensively overrated. Even the Ravens pounded him a lot too.
2: <laughs> As everybody knows, I don't like Steve Spagnola. but
1: yeah, we know we're not arguing that again. But okay, but
2: <laughs> I, again, the quarterbacks, the young quarterbacks, the youthful quarterbacks in this quarterback class, and, and I will say this. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Trey Lance. You're talking about and If you want to put a Mac in there, you could put Mac Jones in there too. But I don't know if Mac Jones, his game is going to fit the NFL game. Yeah, he's only played for one
1: year Uh,
2: too. He's big, he's strong. He can throw the ball. He's very accurate. He can't move inside and out of the pocket. He's a pocket-present quarterback. And pocket-present quarterbacks, as we've known over the last couple of years, they're not
1: successful anymore in the game, uh, the way the game is played now. So, and People bash Tua for having all the receiving talent around him. He had that same thing this year. <laughs> and he's not even a pocket-present quarterback. He's, he's a guy that's
2: uh, a mobile quarterback. And he, he's got to be more in the pocket now because of his hip. So, you talk about this class is going to be the better class out of the next two years of quarterback classes. So, that's why being that the Jets are sitting at two and Miami's sitting at three, teams are talking to the Jets and talking to Miami on trying to move up for those picks because you're probably not going to find a quarterback in the next two years after this class. Mm -hmm. So, that's why this class is so important and that's why people are jumping on the quarterbacks in this class. And that's why when you look at Dak Prescott... You have a franchise quarterback now. The Cowboys have one, and they're sitting back and they're playing games. And if Net tomorrow they don't sign up to an extension, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Plus, okay? the Cowboys just love to just get the drama going. So too. stupid! <laughs> I I don't understand the Classic Cowboys Jerry Jones. and the Cowboy fans on what they're doing here. Well, they have their own. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. This is, this is crazy. And, and again, the free agent class, when you talk about the quarterbacks, it, 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 there's so many quarterbacks moving in different positions and different places now. You, you, you talk about Deshaun Watson. I believe Deshaun Watson will be traded before the draft. I do believe he will be traded. I don't know where he's going. And and right now the only two teams that really stand out now it's the Bears and the Jets because I don't think Miami everything that I've heard and everything that I've read Miami's going to stick with Tua mm-hmm. and the reason why is because the fans love him he's got the number one jersey sale this year and you can't move away from a guy that you drafted so
1: early last year in the draft and give up on him. Let's see this trade if he goes with the Bears battle of two front offices who <laughs> who will be worse. <laughs> it's to me it's
2: it, it's crazy it's cra- i i know a lot of jet fans are saying well you know sam donald's done sam donald's done i listened to weapons hot yesterday okay i've heard enough of it and I, and i understand why cj and kevin and even jimmy they they don't want sam donald there anymore sam donald was is a quarterback that has been put in a position to fail And there are a lot of quarterbacks over the years. Joe Burrows. You know why Joe Burrows got hurt last year? Joe Burrows got hurt because they didn't protect him. They didn't build around him. You brought a quarterback in and you didn't go into free agency with all the money that you had and, and tried to maneuver players or bring players in in the draft that could right. protect your star quarterback.
1: Yeah, they have enough receivers. They just need everything else. And a lot of that is the offensive line, especially because you had a, a, a young rookie in Jonah Williams who was his first year back from bad injury. He didn't look good in the beginning of the season. Then he got better. Their interior is okay, but it's not great. And yeah, they Joe Mixon was hurt a lot of the year. They didn't have much of a run game. Yeah, that's a big problem. And again, Darnold's in those kinds of circumstances, too. I understand your notion to want to get rid of Darnold because of the prosthetic. I never said I want to get not, rid of Not you. I'm saying for weapons hot people. I wouldn't. I understand because of the, the prizes of this draft with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and guys like that. I've always said the Jets just take Fields. But you also don't want to sell short on Darnold either where you want to make it open. And Joe Douglas has done a good, good job so far with hiding that. But in terms of just trying to throw him like he's like the worst quarterback ever is another story. How do we not. know what, what he is? We right. don't even know what he is because right. they haven't put a team around him. They haven't put players
2: around him. And that's my argument. You could talk about Josh Allen. You could talk about Lamar Jackson. All these guys, they've had players around him. Look at Lamar Jackson. They One year they drafted Lamar Jackson. The next year in the first round they drafted a wide receiver and a Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Okay? So they're trying to build around him. With the Jets, what have they given Sam Darnold? And we talk about Josh Allen. Look what look what the Buffalo Bills have done for Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Look what they did for him. They made a trade. They traded their number one pick, which was a great move for both teams. Minnesota got Jefferson, and
1: obviously we all know who got Buffalo got. Mm-hmm. Okay, and both guys were Pro Bowl players this year. And again, what the Jets' quarterback situation could come down to is which trade is bigger. Surprisingly, bigger in terms of what they. Could get in comparison to their expected value. Darnold, I think most likely is going to spawn a second round pick from whatever team trades for him. Second and fourth, yeah, something because like that. Gonna, right. you, you, something like that. And I think what you're if they do end up trading, if that's where they go, and if they get something better than expected for that, they're going to pull the trigger on that. And the same thing with the second overall pick. If you get an RG three like trade for the second round pick, you're doing it. No matter who it is, as good as Fields is, I love Fields. As good as. Uh, as good as Lawrence is, if the if Jaguars surprise people and take Zach Wilson, like a lot of the weekend, like, saying, yeah, yeah, like you were saying on that, if they surprise everyone and take Zach Wilson, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, but if you get that RG three like Hallback, uh, yeah, you're not going to really ever refuse to do that either. So I think whichever trade is bigger in that scenario will decide that. So there's not going to be not going to be any answers right now, even if it does mean a, a Deshaun Watson or something like that. And, and and again, if that does happen, and and, and there is stories coming out that
2: the Jacksonville Jaguars have interviewed Zach Wilson not once but twice. Out of the f- the five interviews that they've had with quarterbacks, two of those interviews mm-hmm. were with Zach Wilson. So what does that tell you? Well, Trevor Lawrence had the pro day, so they know what Trevor Lawrence could do and, and how he fits their offense. Zach Wilson hasn't had a pro day yet, and I guarantee you the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to want to have a separate private pro day for them to see Zach Wilson make all the throws. And if he makes all the throws and he is doing what he, they expect him to do as a quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Wilson goes one. I wouldn't. And I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Wilson could be the best quarterback in this class, as well as Justin Fields, as well as Trevor Lawrence. I still think Justin Fields is the best quarterback in this class. But, again depending on what teams and what offenses these team these players go to, that could change. That could change. Trevor Lawrence could fall to the Jets just like Sam Donald fell to the Jets a couple of years ago. Why? Because the, uh, the scouts of the Jacksonville Jaguars would rather a guy like Zach Wilson or Justin Fields over a
1: Trevor Lawrence. It's also tricky to tell because Urban Meyer has run so many different offenses during his coaching career between Utah and Florida and obviously recently with Ohio State that we don't know how it's going to – which one – is going to translate motion in the NFL, which concepts he's going to take in terms of building this roster, in terms of what style, because, again, sometimes it is obvious with guys like Cliff Kingsbury who comes straight for college. He's running practically the same run-and-shoot type offense in Arizona. But... Urban Meyer, who's been to so many different spots, we don't know what kind of offense that will be. And as a result, it wouldn't surprise you mean me. you what Jeff said? Uh, Jeff, Jeff says, what moronic take is this? Wilson
2: ain't going one. It's clearly Lawrence. Really, it's clearly. Um, go check out, go read the newspapers, go check out what uh, what they're saying about Zach Wilson. They've interviewed Zach Wilson twice in the past week and a half. Yeah, and, Twice. And I'm not recommending
1: they take Wilson. I'm not recommending it either. But, I'm not saying I'm, it either. But he did read something which was very interesting from Mike Florio, who is a good source yes, uh, with NBC M- Sports. Who, has come, of out who yeah. has
2: come out and said that he wouldn't be surprised if Zach Wilson goes one to the Jacksonville
1: Jaguars. Plus, it's the Jaguars. They've done weird things. So, <laughs> you can't put it past them.
2: I'm not saying that it will happen, but I'm also saying that these stories that are coming out are true stories. And we have seen that. Who would have thought that Baker Mayfield was going to be drafted by the Browns? Right. Mm-hmm. And Sam Darnold was easily the best quarterback in that class. How everybody was saying that Sam Darnold was a no-brain number one pick, and he went three. Mm. He didn't even go two to the Giants.
1: Saquon Barkley went two. Right, and also, remember, the thought at that time was Baker Mayfield was was a first-round pick, but only because he won the Heisman. It wasn't like he was this highly-touted prospect before that. We knew about Darnold. We knew about Allen. We knew about Rosen, and obviously Lamar Jackson, who won a Heisman, and then had a great season after that. So we knew about those guys, and again, the only reason it was Darnold, Rosen, and Allen kind of in that fight for the number one pick and Rosen said he didn't want to go to Cleveland and Darnold was really the guy after that because they didn't really like him Uh, John says
2: uh, gotta go guys but the Cowboys just signed Dak thank God I think Cowboys should be excited about that and uh, Jeff from Tampa says drafting Wilson will be the final straw in giving Meyer a heart attack well if it's his decision
1: (laughs) if if it's his decision it's his decision and then maybe that'll that'll be another problem
2: (laughs) That's a good take. Uh, Urban Meyer uh, just in. Urban Meyer has another heart attack. Zach Wilson goes. I mean, coach of the Jaguars, this is going to be hard <laughs> enough. <laughs> but uh, again, you're looking at the quarterback position and, and and where these quarterbacks are going and and why uh, the quarterback position has become uh, a take this year Um where they're going to go. Um, um, why they're asking out from their respectable teams. I'm very surprised that we haven't heard Aaron Rodgers. All we've heard with Aaron Rodgers the last couple of weeks is that he's in love and he's getting married. <laughs> I mean, that's all we've heard with Aaron Rodgers. This, and that's what I love about the Green Bay Packers. As much as there's so much stir right now that Aaron Rodgers is not happy where he is, and, and, and I'm, I'm sure he's not, I, I think that this is going to be quiet. I don't think the Green Bay Packers are going to move on from Aaron Rodgers. And no. if they do... If they do, the only reason why is because they drafted a, a first-round
1: pick uh, like Jordan Love. Yeah, so, again, it would have to be an insane, insane package for them to trade Aaron Rodgers off an MVP what do you, season. What's insane to you? It would have to be something, uh, uh, minimum, probably four first-round picks. Four first-round picks for a 36-year-old? Off an MVP season? Oh, give me a break. Like, not they're th- going to sell as high as possible. year old They're going to sell as high as possible is my thinking of what they are because they're a loyal team not to giving Aaron Rodgers. i first-round I wouldn't picks. either. I'm saying that's what I think they're going to think.
2: hmm um, I, I'm reading Brockers. I'm, I'm reading a story right now. Rams, Michael Brockers, Hopes, Seattle Seahawks trade Russell Wilson. You cross your fingers a little bit. Mm, division trash talk.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to play him. That's pretty much why. <laughs> well, they, they, They've actually been, track record-wise, pretty good against Russell Wilson in their career. Even Brockers being... He's not going draft. to the Cowboys now that Dak just got signed. Yeah, I don't, I, I, unless they they're signing and training Dak, uh, and which possibly could happen, which I still don't think makes sense for either side, for either the Cowboys or the Seahawks even trading Dak or trading Russell Wilson if one gets traded, not the other. It's so
2: interesting with, with the free agency market about to open up, I think in the next couple of weeks, I think in
1: the next two, weeks. Yeah, I three think weeks, it's either next week or the week after.
2: Yeah, next two, three weeks, uh, the, the NFL uh, free agency market opens up. You're going to see a lot of these players come off the board really, really early. It's going to be very interesting on where some of these teams are going to go as far as the offensive line help. There's a lot of good offensive linemen that are going to be available this, uh, this offseason. Uh, this is probably one of the best off-seasons when it comes to off- offensive line help.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially and, interior. Yes,
2: interior and uh, even with the offensive tackles that are going to be available this off-season. And then you you look at uh, you look at the wide receiving. Uh, there's there's actually wide receivers that are going to be available yeah. this year, and the, and the running backs. Uh, there's a lot of good running backs, and the defensive players. There are some good pass rushers that are going to be available, mm-hmm. and Jadavion Clowney being one of them. Where where do you see
1: Jadavion Clowney going? Ooh, uh, he's going to probably get another cheaper contract. So the that Texans? I, no, that'd be funny, but I doubt anyone's going to want to play for that team at this point. I could see that being a, a Buffalo type of signing because Buffalo, I think, is going to. Do they have the money? I think they, they're they not badly cash-strapped, the B- Buffalo, because their team's mostly young. And I don't think Clowney's going to get a lot because he didn't have a great year. So I think he's going to be kind of that second-type pass rusher where they complement him with maybe a veteran-type guy. Because Buffalo, I think, is going to want to go for the veteran leadership, too. I see you're laughing at Jeff. Jeff, breaking news. <laughs> the Cowboys signed Dak, causing the beef to beat it
2: fiercely. <laughs> Live beef camp. Oh, my God. Jeff from Tampa. But... <laughs> it's crazy. It's going to be a good off season for a lot of teams, especially the teams that have money to dabble with and play with. And especially the draft stock and, 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 and the draft being the way it is, I, knowing that you can get, you, there are players that are going to be available in the third and fourth and fifth round that didn't have a season, much of a season this year because of COVID-19 where you can get a steal. You can get an absolute steal. I would hold off. If I was a team with a lot of money, I would hold off until the draft. I would because you would see their deficiencies on what you need
1: and get, get them in the draft. And whoever uh, whoever you couldn't get or land, you get them in free agency. It depends on the position because the edge rusher is the biggest difference in terms of discrepancy of what's great in free agency, what's great in the draft. The linebackers are kind of the same thing where there's not really great ones except for the, like the top heavy end of it. Corners are an interesting one uh, in terms of the difference. There's supposed to be some good corners in this draft. So maybe that's one you they could hold out for. You like Boyd.
2: I know you like Boyd. Uh, what, J.C. Horn is, oh, Horn, J.C. Horn
1: is the one I like. I also like Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. How I about think, the kid from Alabama? Uh, he's third on my list. I, I don't think he's as good as a lot of people are saying he is, but I still think he'll be decent. He's going to the Cowboys. I could see that. Uh, yeah, because they got Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, I could see that. Kind of reuniting the two Alabama corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah... I, it, In terms of the corner depth in this draft, I think it could be deeper. In terms of the corner depth in free agency, there's a couple of veteran names. But I don't know how good they're going to be in terms of what they used to be. Guys like Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman, like that. Oh,
2: Jeff. Dak will make enough money to purchase Alex Smith's good leg to help him him with his recovery. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, Jeff. Wow. I think I I do believe Sertain will be great too. I I do too. I I don't know where he's going. I do believe that the Cowboys will be gunning for him. I've on a lot of draft boards. I've seen the Cowboys draft him.
1: So because because of him with Diggs, too, it makes a lot of sense.
2: Well, also some people think that he's the best corner in this draft class. He could be. I'm not denying that. He I'm was not... the captain of the team. He was mm-hmm. the captain of the defense. So I, and he was one of the main reasons why Alabama's defense was as good as it was this year was because of him. So he's he had a fantastic season this year. For Alabama and the Crimson Tide but uh, the, the draft class is going to be very intriguing very interesting what stands out do you see anything happening before the draft that will really stick out do you see Russell Wilson getting traded do you see something happening from one of these teams where there's going to be a big trade that can really
1: solidify one of these teams to be a Super Bowl contender Russell Wilson, I don't think, will be traded because I think Seattle's going to do it. I, everything they can to be stingy. They're, except for the Jamal Adams trade. John Schneider's been notoriously stingy throughout his career. Um, in terms of a big splash, I, I've mentioned the 49ers a lot, so uh, I, I'm gonna, I'll stay off of them for a while. But I think you could definitely see some other fringe-type uh, playoff teams. I could see maybe a drastic thing with the Falcons because they're very cash-strapped, maybe trying to move Matt Ryan. And maybe them, Julio Jones, too, trying to package them together and getting a lot on defense because they already draft number four. So they could take the quarterback they want and maybe try to use that money to build – yeah, on de- on defense and free agency and mm-hmm. then draft Fields or something like that or draft Wilson and then try to trust their other young receivers. because Their other young receivers played well and Calvin Ridley who had a down sophomore year proved that he could be a number one receiver playing better than Jones did last year. And, and to me, when you look at some of these teams and some of the deficiencies, I want to see
2: the Bengals do something this offseason. I mean, Joe Burrows, he, he obviously tore his ACL and losing Joe Burrows for a significant amount of time, he might not even start the season as the starting quarterback for the Bengals. You need a solid that offensive line. There is a lot of interior alignment that are going to be available this offseason. That's a move that I want to see the Bengals do. I want to see them build around the quarterback. Uh, you heard Clarence how how he thinks that Joe Burrows is uh, the next thing since sliced bread. Obviously, he's a Bengals fan, but I want to see some of these quarterbacks get protected. And I don't think a lot of these quarterbacks are getting protected enough. So uh, by the way, uh, uh, John Ferris says the Cowboys and Prescott agreed to a deal. We just said that.
1: So uh-huh. what is the deal? I want to see the deal. So I'll look that up, I'll speed Jimmy. Up. I'll, I'll read Jimmy's comment in the mm-hmm. meantime. I think Russ Wilson will be traded. That situation is getting worse, and Seattle might want to get back into the first round of this draft. Yes, I think. I think they. Sh- I think they should explore all options. I'm just. I'm judging the track record of John Schneider and the way they draft because they draft notoriously weird. No doubt about that. Their first round picks are a lot of teams day two and day three picks are their first round picks. But again, at the same time, Russell Wilson has carried that load for years with, like I said, scrap heap receivers where I don't know how much value they're going to end up getting. And like Errol mentioned, he's a 32-year-old quarterback, so how much value is he really going to get? He I, Granted, he's a great quarterback, but how much value is going to be, get in comparison to what you need and what you're expected to get from him? I wouldn't trade him just for two first-round picks if that's what it takes because the Seahawks need so much as it is. They should explore everything in free agency first. Before they're dealing with that, Adam Scheffner says the Cowboys
2: are giving Dak Prescott a four-year deal worth 160 million dollars, including a record 126 million dollars guaranteed. Sources tell ESPN, first three years average 42 million dollars per year. That's a lot of money. So you're right.
1: Was, we were right. It was 40 million. Yeah, it's a was, lot of getting... money.
2: That's a lot. I, I think he deserves it. I, I think the kid, uh, for all the trials and tribulations he has, is he an elite quarterback? The answer is no. There's only four. I would say there's four quarterbacks that are elite in the NFL right now. We know Deshaun Watson is. If you want to put Russell Wilson there, that's fine. You can put Russell. But obviously we know about Mahomes, him being in there. And if you want to put Josh Allen there as elite or Lamar Jackson, I wouldn't say Lamar Jackson's elite. I think he's a second tier. Josh Allen, if you want to put him there as elite – I would put him there. Uh, Also, Tom Brady, he's still an elite. He's still an elite quarterback, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Numbers don't stick out that he is an elite quarterback.
1: Uh, Jimmy Jardine, go ahead, read what Jimmy says. I think they could trade Wilson to somebody like Washington or Philadelphia. Yes, Washington. That's interesting. Washington actually makes a lot of sense because the Seahawks need defense. Washington's got a lot of young defense and a lot of young defense that didn't even get to play this year uh, with their linebacker depth that are still decent players. Now, granted, the Seahawks need more secondary help than they need linebackers, but they definitely that's an interesting one, Jimmy. That's I, I actually think sneaky good for Washington to to look at with all the... I mean, their draft stock's pretty normal, but with all the young defensive talent that they have and kind of an overload, especially in that front, I could see something like that. Mm, I'm
2: looking at what Jeff said, and Jeff, I I mentioned what Dak is getting and $125 million guaranteed That's a lot of money. and, and can just see and, on
1: a restraining order from but the, the
2: Cowboys, <laughs> But the Cowboys, and I will say this, the Cowboys have always overpaid their players. Always. Go look at the players. Lawrence, a couple of years ago, what they paid for him. What did he do this year? Did nothing. Okay? He wasn't even their leading pass rusher. Okay? So, we've seen it. We have saw Jalen Smith. They gave Jalen Smith a big-time contract yeah,
1: a lot as, as a
2: linebacker. Mm-hmm. Guy can't stay healthy. Can't stay on the field. They overpaid him. So, look at Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's a great wide receiver. He's a good wide receiver. Receiver, I think he's uh, a borderline number one. I would say he's a number two, a great number two. Uh, Amari Cooper is making more money. He's the second highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Michael Thomas is only making more money than he is. So, uh, again, the Cowboys have always um, overpaid and outbid themselves. That's been the problem for the Cowboys they've always
1: outbid themselves. Oh well, yeah, they're also the flashy franchise. They want to go for all the big names all the time and that's sometimes to an extent has held them back of terms of what they could be because they've they're never really terrible for too long, but they're always like they don't win the big games. They're always like the 8 and 8 jokes. Like they're always kind of that fringe sometimes because of that. Jeff
2: says uh, Wilson to the Bears is my guess. They are desperate for a QB. Now now why would Wilson go to the Bears when their offensive line is worse than Seattle's <laughs> offensive line. It doesn't make sense. It's He's nice. complaining <laughs> right now. You might as well go to free agency or draft all offensive linemen. Oh, by the way, you've given up your two first-round draft picks for the next two years for a guy that, to me, is so overrated. He shouldn't even He shouldn't be worth two first-round draft picks. But again, that's their that's their thing. That was Seattle's thing. And Seattle is not a team, not an organization that gives away two first-round draft no. picks for a defensive player. That's what I
1: was saying. They're notoriously stingy. That's what that Jamal Adams move shocked me when it happened, but again, if you want to deal with somebody who could be a front office where you could get a lot from, maybe it is the Bears. I mean, they they've done weird things.
2: Um, Jimmy Jardine says Bears could be good too, and that was already approved by Wilson. Well, here's the thing: he uh, Wilson could approve. Why would Wilson want to go to the Bears?
1: Yeah, I don't get uh, that,
2: that. doesn't make any sense. None
1: of it. And why did he approve that? Why would you leave Seattle when Seattle's a better all-around team than the Bears? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. He said, Jimmy says Bears are not a good fit roster-wise. Yeah, their their talent is probably a little better than Seattle overall, but it's not great by any means, especially on offense. You're going to be losing Allen Robinson unless you franchise tag him. Yeah, they're losing him. David Montgomery's a nice running back, but, I mean... That doesn't really affect Russell Wilson because, he's one, he's not really a pass-catching back, and two, one of the receivers, like, I mean, who's your best target at that point? Probably Darnell Mooney, who's a second-year player.
2: And why does he want to go to Chicago? I know he wants to go to a big market, and Chicago is a great big market to go to, but you're going to a team that's rebuilding. They're they're offensively, they're rebuilding. Their defense is mad good. It's a really good
1: defense. But you might have to trade some of it to get Russell Wilson.
2: Absolutely. You're going to have to move on from some of those defensive players because you're going to have to fill them in, fit them into your salary cap. It doesn't make sense. I'll say
1: this. If if Seattle is going to deal with the Chicago Bears – Chicago should, or Seattle should be pushing hard for Kyle Fuller to start. And yeah, I don't know if you're going to want to trade that because mm. he's been a very good corner. And then you have to deal with maybe Roquan Smith and then maybe some draft picks after that. Because remember, Chicago doesn't have a lot of draft picks either from the Khalil Mack trade. What about the Saints?
2: What about the Saints? Russell Wilson would fit like a glove with the Saints. The Saints have draft stock, the Saints have pieces that mm-hmm. you can move. Why not the Saints? He, he did mention the Saints that he yep. would go and play over there. The Saints are a perfect fit for Russell Wilson. Small quarterback, quarterback they could throw, great arm, a.k.a. Drew Brees-esque. I mean, it would be a, he would fit like a glove over there with Michael Thomas and the weapons that they have yeah. over there.
1: I could see the Saints for the reason of they have a lot of different younger offensive linemen where they can afford to trade that depth for one. They have young defensive pieces that Seattle's going to want. They've got a lot of pieces. Yeah, and... Especially if they maybe if they re-sign Hendrickson for a three-year deal, then maybe they can include him in the trade. Um, Cameron Jordan's probably too old, where they're not going to want him. But you got you got Marcus Davenport, you got David Mata on that line, and then you got their secondary with Marcus Williams and Marshawn Lattimore. Maybe they can include in that deal. There's a lot of different combinations. And Jimmy was saying the Saints are a good fit, except
2: they can't afford him. Yes, they can. They got to move pieces, and right. you're gonna, you're going to have to give up pieces to get somebody like Russell Wilson, not draft stock because you don't have enough of it. The Saints don't have big draft. I mean. And they're drafting what, th- almost 30, 28, yeah, <laughs> 28 27, yeah. uh, even though it's still a, a first-round draft pick. I can't see them doing that. I could see the Saints giving away pieces, um, uh, uh, defensive players that you overpaid, where you can bring in a Russell Wilson, where you're still, out, you're still less strap-heavy when it comes to the defensive players that you have.
1: Now, so, Jimmy says that the Saints are still negative 47 in salary cap. Fine. That would also be also getting Breeze off, though, too. That would push it probably down to 20-something. Mm-hmm. And then, again, you make other cuts with veterans that you don't need at that point. I mean, they have some offensive linemen that are probably expendable. Definitely some defensive pieces because of the young depth that they have that are that can be expendable at that point. So it's doable. And if the Saints could push enough draft picks out there, because, again, they've, one, they've drafted well, and two, they have enough – of their roster field where they don't need much. Maybe corner depth, maybe receiver depth, but that's really it. Mm. To me, it's just, it's crazy. When you look at the offseason and what could
2: happen this offseason, Drew Brees is not coming back. Anybody that thinks that Drew Brees is coming back you're on drugs. He's not coming back. He's got a huge, lucrative contract with Channel Four uh, to take over um, Chris um, Chris, Collins, Chris Collinsworth job. God. And now I think Drew Brees is done. You saw him in the playoffs. You saw him against Tom Brady. Him and Tom Brady had a terrible game. That was probably the worst quarterback uh, second round we've ever seen. Yeah. That, I mean, they overhyped it, and then it was a battle. It was of terrible. The, it was a battle of the defenses. It was absolutely horrendous. Both quarterbacks played like crap in that game. That was Tom Brady's worst. Game in the playoffs. I mean, it was horrendous. Probably Drew Brees'
1: worst game too.
2: Uh, Drew Brees' worst game in his career. Yeah, I think it was. Right, that's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's horrendous. But again, uh, you, you're talking. And uh, by, by the way, Jeff says uh, the Saints are going to go with the Crab Lake crab King. Yeah, they might go with Jameis Winston. Uh, they're not going to win with Jameis Winston. They're not. They have a better chance of winning with an elite quarterback like uh, Russell Wilson. you're going to have to give up a significant amount mm-hmm. to get Russell Wilson. So thinking about where the contracts fill, trust me. I'm sure Seattle will figure out two or three players that they can take off their hands and add to Seattle's defense or offense, offensive line help that they definitely need, um, where they can solidify their team for the better. Uh, read what Jimmy says. Jimmy
1: says the Saints are negative 44 right now after Bree's salary. They were more than negative 65 a couple weeks ago. Okay, maybe maybe in that case it's going to be harder for them. But again, they they can expend guys because they have a lot of talent on that roster, so I still think it's possible. All right, we have our first guest of the day, the Beef. What's going on, Beef?
3: What's up, my friend? How are you?
1: I'm
2: sure you're happy, man. I'm sure finally the Cowboys make the move. Are you happy with the contract?
3: I didn't even see it because I said I'm at my grandma's house celebrating her 83rd birthday. Happy birthday
2: to Granny. Uh, How's she feeling? She's good. Good. Uh, that's great. Uh, grandma who had uh, she's, heart know, surgery. She's
3: here. She's, she's here drinking beer. And, drinking beer, mm. Granny.
2: For 83 years old, and she's drinking some beer.
3: Look at that. I think it's a beer or a liquor. I don't know, something. Don't oh, know.
2: Granny's trying <laughs> to get drunk. <laughs> is she going to get lucky tonight? She's enjoying it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyways,
2: uh, the Cowboys... She,
3: she is lucky, yes. What was the contract now? Uh, the it was four
1: years, $160 million. Uh, with It could be up to one sixty four million with incentives, and then $126 million guaranteed. And it's split where he, he gets $42 million in the first Three years and
3: then thirty-four in the last. Wow, over forty billion dollars, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, well, I they needed to
2: give him... He, he they need to give the
3: contract, him. but I mean, I that's forty-two billion dollars a year is a lot.
2: Here's the problem with the Cowboys, and I've said this for years: they overpay and over uh, they they overprice yeah, these it. players. But,
3: but again, he, he's young, and it's only a four-year deal. It's not like it's a six-year deal, so. I think the amount of years is good. but It's I, a lot of money.
2: It's a lot of money. I, I like still, Dak Prescott. I still,
3: think they, I still think they overpaid for him. But
1: Did they slightly? Maybe. But again, like I said earlier, Mike.
3: But but again, you, you look at the market rate, what's going around, and this was the market rate, around $40 million for a quarterback. So now – when someone else becomes a free agent, it's going to be one hundred forty-two million dollars for somebody.
1: But they did the right thing they're... in a sense of paying Wilson or paying Prescott rather than trading for Wilson, trying to make that big splash trade because Dallas uh... needs a lot and they can't afford to give that draft stock. Yeah, they're already now, cash-strapped now... as it is. Why not keep it going?
3: Yeah, no, but but, but they are cap-strapped now with making this contract.
1: They were cash-strapped before that.
3: They 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 were, but but the, not, not as bad as you think.
1: Yeah, but it still was bad enough considering how many holes they have on their roster.
3: No, I understand. The, the holes that they have on the roster is on the defensive side of the ball, But the it's outside. still a lot of
1: holes. That's my point. You still have to pay those guys or draft yeah, those guys.
3: It, all right. So now, but now, but now they're they're in, they're in a good spot in the draft pick at drafting at number ten, so they can make a good splash too. They're gonna get a corner.
1: That's what they're gonna do. That's their
2: splash. Yeah, but
3: like Errol said, with with, the, with no college sports being played this year, there's gonna be a lot of surprises in the second, third, fourth round.
1: But defensive players also generally, can, uh, because yeah, of schemes, be still take a guy, little while in comparison to offensive there, talents yeah, later that, in the draft.
3: There's going to be a lot of steals in the second and third round. I'm just so saying,
1: from a track record of just drafts, most steals come on the offensive side in comparison
3: to defensive. So, yeah, but we, I mean, the, the way the Cowboys drafted last year, they had one of the best drafts Yes, they did. In the and, and
2: by the way, Jimmy Jardine says Marcus May was tagged, and he says, F, F my life, okay? And I, I, Jardine, I, I will say this, Jimmy. Hmm. It's not a bad move because uh, next week or a week or a week and a half from now he becomes a free agent, and then they could lose him to free agency. You tag him, and then uh, when you you figure out uh, how you can contract him, I still think they're going to give him a contract. Right. They just need to protect their asset, and being that he is a free agent, they can lose him. He's an unrestricted free agent if they didn't tag mm-hmm. him. So
1: I think that was a good move by the. Jets. Now I don't know. I don't know if you guys know this. Anyone who's listening from the weapons hot, I know Jimmy is. I don't think. Marcus May was ever upset
3: with any contract stuff. No, either. He so, I don't think that's a big deal. No, I
1: don't think he's going to get a lot of money. I
2: mean, he's going to... Right.
3: I mean, well, I mean, my whole thing is, why does Russell Wilson want out of Seattle? Something ha- has not to be right there. Co- it's the offensive
2: Coaching staff line. and lack of offense. It, it's the offensive line. They have not built around him. Over the last couple of years, so, Russell so, Wilson's so been so running for dear more, life.
3: So, that's more on the organization. He's not happy yes. with him or the organization, the organization, the way it's going. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, because they're not building around him, they have a chance to win. He's 33 years old. He wants to win now. He wants to win another Super Bowl. He's been to 2 of them. He's of lost one of them. And, and and he feels that this team is on the cusp of being something great, but they can't build the, they can't bring the right offensive line help to help him uh, grow and become the player that he believes
1: he should be. And now also, he's seen yeah. the rest of the the, yeah, d- the teams I, in that I, division I really build not. good rosters. The Seahawks now have the worst roster in the division. <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, but going back to the Cowboys, I, I kind of knew that this Dak was their man, no matter what. But I've been mean, coming off this injury, though. I'm just a little leery on the contract.
2: I, I think uh, the guaranteed 125 million, which is a record breaking, that's a lot of money. But yeah, uh, also, Dak Prescott, if if you let's say Russell Wilson becomes available and you can get him, you can get Russell Wilson. Look what you would have to give up for Russell Wilson. I
3: know that, that I know you have to give up a lot. I
2: a lot for that. him. Why yes. would you do that when you have a, a to me a quarterback that can make the throws and do the things that you expect and he's won in the playoffs. He's been successful he has, in the playoffs.
3: Yes, you're 100% right.
2: He's been just this be, he's been just as successful as Russell Wilson the last 3 years in the playoffs. It it's I, go look at the numbers. The lo- numbers don't lie. His numbers are just as good as Russell Wilson in the no, playoffs I, in the last 3 years.
3: Yeah, I understand that, but the, the, for some reason the Cowboys just can never get over that hump, and I don't know what it is. Because they they it.
1: they give up too many assets in instances where they need to improve in areas that like the defense that they should be improving in, and yet they t- they tend to go either for flashy names or overloads at other positions, like they did with the offensive line for a while, like they did not. not yeah, but, the,
3: but the offensive line was one of the best in the NFL for years.
1: Right, but I'm saying they they really prioritize that area and their front seven on defense, but their secondary was always pretty bad bad for a while, yeah, but
3: now and then the
1: receivers concerned. were bad. Now their receivers are good, and their defense isn't.
3: <laughs> yeah, but, now, but well, actually, the defense was bad last year because they switched to the 4-3 instead of using the 3-4, which they were used to, but now they're going back to the
1: 3-4. Yeah, but they've had other years of bad defenses, too. I'm no, not saying, know, it, I'm it, saying it was as bad they're, they're, as this
3: they're, year, they're, but... Yeah, I mean, they have they have Quinn now, which, you know, he led I, Seattle to great defenses, so maybe he can uh, change his defense It around.
1: helps, but again, they've had... they've They still have a lot of roster issues with that defense really I'm not they're only they
3: don't but i'm saying though they're going back to a defense that they were used to playing with on the Marinelli so now they're back to the 3-4 well they're going
2: four, I, I think that first of all they're they're going to a 4-3 aren't they no, well they were a 4-3 already no, they were a 4-3
3: they're going back to a 3 they're four, going to
2: three, a 3-4 three, three, but not Dan Quinn yes. Dan Quinn's a 4-3 Dan, Dan Quinn is a 4-3 I heard no. I heard, no, he's, playing no. Four, he's a 4-3 he guy. He always was a 4-3. Th- he's a 4-3 no, guy. No, but uh, no, go read it. They're going back to a 3 four. If they're going back to a 3-4, <laughs> that's not his strength. That's not Dan Quinn's strength. His strength is a 4-3. Okay. Seattle's defense when he was over but there in Seattle why, was a 4-3. But, but why are they
3: going back to
1: a 3-4? I don't know. I don't know where you heard that, but his five years in Atlanta, they were a 4-3. His it's three like, years as defensive coordinator in look Seattle, look they were a 4-3. Very similar type of defenses.
3: Yeah, but when I find that article, I'm going to show it to you. All right. I, I don't early.
1: know where you're getting that from because he has a. You don't just change it after 10 years of defensive coaching. No, and that's why they brought him in because they were playing
2: the 4 3 and they weren't successful playing the 4 3. And everybody knows with the gaps and some of the deficiencies that the Cowboys have defensively, the 4 3 fits. When you have. Right. Everybody knows this. If you have bad corner play and you have bad secondary, you play the 4 3. It, it solidifies, it opens up the field for you yes, to get to the I quarterback.
3: Yes, but why? I mean, they were good under the three four with Marinelli, and now they were bad under the four. Th- the it's four injuries. I think
1: a lot of the problems with the Cowboys is the deficiency of injuries that they've
2: had over the, the last couple.
3: Don't of
1: forget years, though, beve Marinelli wasn't a four, a four three guy, three four guy the entire time he was there. It was only I think the first three years he was there. Then he also switched to a four three. Remember in twenty sixteen too, and that was the best year their defense no, ever had. The,
3: um, Recently, no, yes,
1: in their uh, their thirteen and three season, yes, it was.
3: Yeah, but then he switched to the to the to the three four again.
1: I think at, in certain games, but not full time. He was really only a three four mainstay the first time. Uh, the first three years he was there.
3: But I, I heard they were going back to the three four, which didn't make sense to me. So it I doesn't because
1: I it doesn't. They don't have enough interior depth, and it also will diminish the value of their linebackers if they have to use them as pass rushers more. I, I just well, think I think that when you look at the Cowboys and you look at some of
2: these teams, some teams are just too confident about where they are in free agency with the money that they have and the draft stock they have, a.k.a. the New York Jets, who really feel that they're far and above everybody else besides the Jacksonville Jaguars. The problem with the Jets and and going moving forward this offseason is the Jets have to make the right moves, just like a lot of these teams. I've been saying this about Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati well, needs to do that in protecting Joe Burrows. And you say the same thing with the Jets. They gotta decide if Joe, if Joe Douglas needs to decide, if Sam Donald's the guy. If Sam Donald's the guy, what you need to do is build around the trenches. Build around the offensive line. Make sure you solidify that offensive line this year that nobody Puts their fingers on Sam well, Donald. Nobody.
3: Well, that's why. That's why they should draft that offensive lineman.
2: Well, I, I t- again. <laughs> I, here's the problem. I think that if if the Jets decide to keep Sam Donald, I trade down. I trade down mm-hmm. and try to get as much draft stock as I possibly can. Moving from uh for, from two to five or two to six or two mm-hmm. to seven, and you can get a lot back. You can get if you move two to eight from Carolina. Do you know how much you can get back from them? You can get three first round draft picks.
1: You can get three firsts for that. And you still have your two firsts this year and your two firsts next year. And you could get still, you could get a top receiver, you could get a top corner with that pick too. I mean, there's depth for the Jets' needs in this draft.
2: You can rebuild your team in one move, one move from two to eight with the blink of an eye. And that's what I think the Jets need to look at. They have to be absolute sure that Sam Donald they can fix. If they believe they can fix him. If they believe they can fix this kid, which I believe they can if you build a team around him, then you keep Sam and you trade down and solidify your team through the draft.
3: Yeah, but I don't think you need to fix Sam. I think Sam is fine. You just need to build around him, like you said. Well, I think nobody be involved. In you need to fix him, him too.
2: You need to fix
1: him. Sam's also been with bad coaching, so mm-hmm. that's the other end yeah, of it as I, well. But
3: I don't think that I don't. I mean, I think he knows that, and I, don't think, and I think he knows that he had a bad coach and it wasn't the right bad guy.
2: coach. He was that, sticking up for him the whole freaking year. I mean, okay. he, oh, I'll die with him. I'll ride. I mean, with how him. much of that was actually true? I, I don't mean, care. I <laughs> wouldn't say that. I tell you the truth, the guy stinks. Yeah, I think Cuckoo Eyes.
3: Well, you supposed to say about your coach?
2: I've heard I, how many times have we heard Aaron Rodgers speak up? How many times have we heard uh, the, uh, Drew Brees speak up? How many times have we heard all these quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger, speak up? <laughs> well, we've heard them <laughs> he's all. Probably the most outspoken. The <laughs> only person that hasn't is Eli Manning and <laughs> Sam Donald. I mean, seriously.
3: But, but 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 Donald also he's a he's young he's a kid. Mm. These guys are veterans, like Breeze and Big Ben. Like they, they they're going say what they wanted. That you know, what the career that they're at, that they had already.
1: Well, there, there are still young, young quarterbacks that do it though too, and it's not just limited to yeah, veteran but, quarterbacks. I mean, Baker Sam's Mayfield did it his rookie year.
3: But Sam, but Sam's a kid. He's twenty two years old. So
1: Baker Mayfield was a rookie, old, and he made fun of Hugh Jackson. <laughs> I yeah, just
2: think, I, I think a lot of Jet fans. Idiots. I, again, I, I will say this. A lot of Jet fans and a lot of fans out there, when when a guy doesn't succeed in three years, you think he's washed up and he's not going to be any good. Yeah,
3: but when you look at Sam's arm strength and the, and the way he gets thrown a ball, he's a pretty accurate passer, too. I mean, the guy's got a lot of talent.
2: No question that he does. And Jimmy Jardine says, um, We can resolve most of our issues in this draft without trading down. Maybe. I disagree. Maybe. Maybe. I disagree. I disagree. I think the Jets have a lot of deficiencies. No, because, but, but
3: Errol does have a point, though. if you trade out of that too, you're going to get a lot more draft stock for that for that number two pick. And
2: everybody keeps saying right. it's too too big of a risk. How is it big of a risk if you trade down right now and you solidify and you get yeah, but, three first round? Hold on, you get three first round draft picks for Sam Donald, if. A quarterback becomes available next year. And Deshaun Watson, you can absolutely... Maybe Deshaun Watson doesn't get traded this year. Maybe he sits out for the whole season. You could take that draft stock and get Deshaun Watson if Sam Donald isn't the guy.
1: And again, Jimmy, I think you're... I understand where you're coming from because you don't want to take it. You don't want to take a chance on if Donald steams out this year, struggles and then the quarterback class is bad next year. I get it from that perspective, but it, if you're getting all that other draft stock from from the other from the other teams, it could make it work. I would only trade that number two pick if you get a haul back, a, a big big r g three trade like hall. But yeah. I'm saying it, there's still opportunities because of the strengths of this draft for the Jets in terms of what they need the talent still could be there, too. And also, like we're seeing all this offseason so far, there's going to be some surprise quarterback trades, too. Oh,
2: absolutely. So
1: I don't think yeah, it's a necessarily a terrible thing. I agree with you; they don't don't sell short on Donald. If that's if that's the case, I don't. No. Uh, if you can get a haul back for the number two pick, though, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Now, if you get a haul back for Sam, take the haul back for Sam. If you get any team that gives you a first round pick, take it in a heartbeat. Mm. But
3: yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna say this before I go. But, but I mean, with Sam Donald, if he's not your guy, then you 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 stay at the number two. You don't you don't you know you don't trade at that number two.
1: I wouldn't either, but you have to leave all options
3: open. Is what I'm saying. I would just take Fields if I were through, the Jets, but, but, uh, but they're
1: it, not taking shit. Fields is the. It's either
2: Zach Wilson, um, Zach Wilson. This is what I'm hearing. Zach Wilson, Sam Donald, or Deshaun Watson. That's what I'm hearing from the Jets and and well, yeah, what well, I've been reading.
3: Maybe, to me, if Deshaun Watson goes anywhere, it's going to be the Jets, and that's and I think that's the only team that that he's going to go to, and that's it.
2: I think so too. I I think so, with with I mean, Miami, again, even though the Miami is a rumbling, I don't think Miami are they a fringe one. one. <laughs> yeah, I don't but think they're moving I mean, to. I him.
3: mean, if Sam Donald's your guy, I mean, I would I don't I don't know if you trade out of the two because you could also get a lot of draft pick and build around him that way also, but that's so that's, all, that's, all, that's up to the Jets and see what they want to do it also is up
1: to what trade offers are going to be there because even though yeah, teams so could yes. trade up that doesn't mean the trade for the number two pick is going to be this massive haul if you're only let's say you're only getting one additional first round pick from a team like yeah. we'll, we'll use Carolina yeah. for example yeah, but, let's say well, they only yeah. give you the number eight and one other first round pick and a couple day four day three picks how about you're Sam not doing going, that How
2: about Sam going to Carolina? I mean, seriously, have Anderson there. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not Sam that, Darnold that, going to that Carolina?
3: That could, that could happen. They're not going the to yeah. no. yeah. get the eighth pick. but No. They're not going to get the eighth it's pick gonna, for him. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see what the Jets do. So
2: I think Carolina would be a great fit for Sam Donald. It
3: could be. It really could,
2: with Anderson being yep. there and, and the team that they have over there. And they're more predominantly running than they are throwing, because they have Christian McCaffrey there. <laughs> so that would be perfect for Sam. And, and they have a pretty decent offensive line. Not a great offensive, okay offensive line. They have an okay offensive line. they decent. Yep. And but they just and, need a
3: lot on defense. Yep. It's going to be very interesting. Beef,
2: thank you, man. I'll Tell Grandma I said hi.
3: I will. Thank you very much. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely.
2: Granny, grand, grand. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, I, I like Granny. <laughs> Granny's good. She's eighty-three years old. She, she loves me. You know. Mm-hmm. So does your mom. You know. Oh God. She,
1: We're not going there.
2: She does. She loves me. Oh God. You don't believe that? I Why? Don't
1: I don't know what I believe. She likes
2: my Obi Toppin. You know. She likes Obi. I Toppin. don't
1: think. I don't think she knows who Obi Toppin is. But she likes season. my Obi Toppin. And even if that was the case, no. <laughs> <laughs> When we come back, the Brooklyn
2: Nets make a move, and it became it really became the uh, the talk of the weekend for the All Star weekend, which it was nothing to brag about. When we come back, Mister Griffin has a new team, and he is going to the Big Apple. When we come back, I'm going to argue why this is a crock of You know what? Here on Down to the Wire,
0: you're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to Down to the Wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What what what
2: what what what?
0: <laughs>
2: What's going on to the fans out there? This is Down to the Wire. We are live every single Monday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Only on the World Wide Sports Radio Network. You can call us right now. Well, it's very simple. 631-500-0548. Download our app by going to iOS, which is Apple, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Go to our website, our great website, guys. If you haven't checked it out, I am working on some new features where you can win prizes on our website. So stay tuned for that. That will be up very, very soon. Uh, very excited on some of the new specifics that we're going to be adding to the website. Um, you know, it, the whole All-Star weekend really just completely... Uh, I, I, I was not very happy all, all weekend because uh, on Saturday... I heard that the, um, the Detroit Pistons were releasing and paying out, well, or, no, obviously paying Buy out, out, buying out Blake Griffin's contract. And I knew there was only two teams Blake Griffin was going to. One of the teams were the Brooklyn Nets. The other team, I, I was hearing the L.A. Clippers. Okay, that was the other team. That's where right, I thought he was at. <laughs> okay. Reuniting. The, those were the two teams. Mm-hmm. I was not surprised that he chose the Brooklyn Nets. And the reason why is, uh, it, to me, uh, the way the NBA has become, and it's become a prima donna league, that you need more and more stars or more and more superstars to win a championship. And with all the deficiencies that they have as far as rebounding is concerned and uh, size, uh, they brought Blake Griffin. Now, to, to me, why this doesn't fit for the Brooklyn Nets is because he's another guy that needs to touch the ball. He is an offensive guy that needs to get into the paint and do the things that he does well in the paint. He's not a very good defender. As a matter of fact, he's one of the worst defenders his size, at yeah. his position. Mm-hmm. So you're bringing in another guy that doesn't play defense, is very bad in the paint, and he's very very bad at defending his position. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I was laughing to the bank, but also I, I think that the NBA needs to figure this out. I really do because I don't think this is fair. I, I really don't. Now – I don't think the Brooklyn Nets... This Does this make the Brooklyn Nets um, a highly-profiled defensive team and Blake Griffin to the team? The answer is no. Andre Drummond, that solidifies the middle of your court. That solidifies the paint, which you are so lacking of right now defensively.
1: And perimeter, too. They need a lot of, too. I think a guy like Andre Roberson made more sense than Blake Griffin. <laughs>
2: yeah, it didn't make any sense. But having a guy like Blake Griffin, it, it's disturbing to me because... Not because Blake Griffin is a star or a superstar. I don't think he's any of those anymore. It, to me, he's a name. And this is this is the problem right now with basketball. It, it, you see all these players. It's all about name-driven players. You talk about Blake Griffin. You say whatever you want about Blake Griffin. Is he a stu- superstar anymore? He's not. But he's a name. And you talk about James Harden, Kyrie Irvin, Kevin Durant. You add a guy of this magnitude. Yeah, it solidifies. It makes you seem when you put this. I've, I've heard enough from all these different analysts saying that the Brooklyn Nets are by far the best team in the Eastern Conference. And they're going to the NBA championship. Does Blake Griffin make them that much better of a team defensively? The answer is no. Does Blake Griffin make this team that much better offensively? The answer is no. So why make a move for Blake Griffin? Why? Because he was available and he was free? And you're bringing another guy? You're taking the ball out of your best player's hands.
1: He just wants to play with this boy, DeAndre Jordan. (laughs) I mean, seriously. You're taking the ball out of their best player's hands. Now Kyrie Irving's sort going of to probably think he's Chris Paul. And it's Lob City 2.0. Which, by the way, never advanced to the conference finals in the West.
2: So uh, how does this solidify this to make this the, the, the Brooklyn Nets a better team? It doesn't. And it's all because of names. And LeBron James, you want to say whatever you want, and I'm not taking shots at LeBron James. LeBron James did this to the league. He's ruined the league. Yep. He really has. He's ruined the league. From Dwayne Wade to Chris Bosh to Ray Allen to uh, uh, Hassan Whiteside, Whiteside. all these guys. He has ruined the league. And now you bring in Blake Griffin, and you talk about some of the free agents, uh, I mean not free agents, trade bait guys that they have. You know the Nets aren't making any more moves. They don't have it. They don't have players to move. They got Blake Griffin for nothing. And that's what they do. And they think they're going to buy their way to a championship. But they're still not good enough to beat the Lakers if the Lakers get healthy with Anthony Davis. They're still not good enough to beat the Clippers or the Utah Jazz or even the Phoenix Suns. So, again... I, I look at this. It, it's disturbing to me as a, as a basketball fan because I don't like Blake Griffin. Everybody knows I don't like
1: Blake Griffin. <laughs> you didn't like him three years ago I when never he was liked a good him. player.
2: I think he's a terrible player. I think he's so highly overrated. I remember he was the number one pick from, coming from Oklahoma. I, I, to me, he's a highly overrated player at his position. He's Lob City. He's a dunker. He doesn't fit the Nets. How does he fit the Nets culture and what they're trying to do? I know. You want to compare him to Amari Stottlemyre, another Amari Stottlemyre that has bad news. You can't get up there anymore? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Bring Blake Griffin in. I mean, it doesn't make sense how they're bringing a guy that doesn't play defense. You could have brought guys in if it comes, if he becomes available, and Andre Drummond if he becomes uh, available to be released. What are you going to try to do? You're going to try to sell him to come over there to play for the Brooklyn Nets? Now they have Blake Griffin there. Are you kidding me? It doesn't it's, make sense. It's,
1: it's again, it's not. It's a nice piece to have, but it's Blake still, Griffin. It's yeah. It's not. Oh. It, it's not. It's, it's not, a not, terrible. I agree. Piece. I, I agree. It's not going to put him over the top by any means. Yeah, one player night. Nice. You're
2: taking the ball out of Kevin Durant's hand. You're taking the ball out of Kyrie Irving's hand, or uh, obviously James Harden's hand, because this guy needs the ball. He needs to touch the ball. Lob City, whatever he could. That guy doesn't
1: play a lick of defense. None of these guys no, he's, do. He's below average defensively for his size. Yeah, he got A little better as a shooter and a passer. A terrible. The move. Last couple years, but uh, yeah, it's going to put him over the top definitively. No, again, maybe they to hope that those other teams are not just healthy like the Lakers. Yeah, it's another Right, it's another name. It's chemistry, in a sense, with DeAndre Jordan, but again, how much is DeAndre Jordan going to touch the ball? Barely anything. So, uh, yeah, again, he just wants to go with his I think friends. Blake so Griffin really fits,
2: I think Blake Griffin fits better with the Lakers. He fits
1: better with the Clippers. The Clippers, I thought, were the perfect one reunited with that team. They need a big man, definitively, and that would actually help them in terms of spacing inside and outside, where It'll improve Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's all-around game, too, where they could go inside as well, not just be stuck being defended outside without a lack of size. It's
2: disturbing to me because I I look at Blake Griffin. I'm not saying Blake Griffin's a terrible player. I'm not saying that. What you're deficient in is defense. When you go into the NBA playoffs, it becomes a half-court game. I say this over and over again, and you need to play defense. And this team has not one lick of it. They don't have any of it. Are you going to trust James Harden to defend his position? No. Are you going to do- you going to trust Kyrie Irving to defend the point guard position? The answer is no. The no. best defensive player on this team is Kevin Durant, who's not even known as a
1: defensive player. The only time Kyrie Irving ever played defense for a long stretch of time is when he was with the Celtics, when he was actually coached by a very good coach, which the Nets don't have. It, to me, it, it, none of this makes sense from what the Nets are doing. Now, are the Nets... Oh, we're,
2: we're going to have... Oh, look at this. Oh, God. There we go. I <laughs> Might as well put him on. What's going on, Eric? You're on live. What's going on, my friend? What's going on? What do you think of Sam Darnold, huh? What do you mean, what do I think about Sam Darnold? About uh, many teams very interested in him. Well, we, we were talking... We're actually talking about Blake Griffin, man, and Blake Griffin signing with the Nets. What, what were your thoughts with that? Do you think that was a good
0: move? I don't like the Nets, man. I'm a Knicks fan. <laughs> I, I think I think that the Nets the Nets is really starting to aggravate me, because I, I just feel like. You have this really great team in, the, in the, with the New York Knicks, and I feel like the Knicks are always getting uh, crapped on. It's horrible.
2: Well, f- first of all, Blake Griffin going to the Nets—that that wasn't the deficiency they needed to add in free uh, in a trade in talk, trade, yeah. or even re- uh, guys that are released. You need defense, and it, it made more sense to bring in a defensive player to fill in that role, not a guy that's going to demand the ball and want the ball when you have three superstars that demand the ball already. I think it was a terrible and- move. A terrible. Move and by they the Nets. still
0: and they still will will not win the NBA finals this year.
2: They won't. I don't think so either. I don't think they have enough nope. defense, and they don't have enough to 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 play against one of these top Western Conference teams. Even a Utah Jazz will wash them away in probably five or six games. And James Harden will still shoot themselves out of games at times. Absolutely. In the and James Harden <laughs> has proven that he can't play in the playoffs. Right. <laughs> so it's it's so I, interesting.
0: I think that well, I'm, exi- I'm excited for the Knicks. I think they're headed in the right, in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I think that you know you are going to see them in the playoffs and I, and I think that I don't think they're going to go far in the playoffs, but you know what? They're going to they're, they're going to be somewhere where they haven't been in a while and it's going to be, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's I'm just happy and relieved that at least they're going in the right direction.
2: Bradley Beal, do the Knicks make a move for him at the trade deadline?
0: I don't know. I I mean, I, I think the, I think that they anything's up for grabs. I hope I hope I certainly hope they do.
2: Would you trade Emmanuel quickly involved in that trade for a guy like Bradley Beal?
3: Ooh, I don't know.
2: You're gonna have to I give up know. one of those guys. You're gonna have, maybe even I two know. of those guys for a Bradley Beal. I know. You might have to give I up know. a Knox, a, a Emmanuel, Quigley, and somebody else, maybe a Robinson.
0: Yeah, but and yeah, picks. But do you really? Do you really wanna do what the Nets did? You really wanna take that young core and destroy it, you know, just you know, just like the Nets did? I mean, I thought the Nets were better with just Durant Kyrie Irving and all those other pieces they had prior to you know picking up James Harden and getting rid of all those young guys.
2: Well, James Harden has been the heart of this team since he's been traded there. And and right now, James Harden a lot of people think is the one of the MVP candidates. He's played very very well. Yeah,
0: he's a, he's one of the MVP candidates candidates every year, but when he goes to the playoffs, he doesn't do it.
2: Well, that's true, and that's my argument. They've got a bunch of guys I mean, that don't the guy, do it. The
0: guy, I don't care if he, if he's the MVP every year and he can't even get his team wherever he goes to a championship, then you know what? Then I don't want him.
2: I would agree with you. Um, boxing. What What do you got, man? What do you got? Because you're my boxing guy. What do you got? Canelo well, Alvarez. Obviously, Billy I Joe. That,
0: I think Billy Joe Sanders is going to give him hell on earth. <laughs> I think that he's too. I think that he's too. I think that a lot of people are going to. A lot of people are going to write off Canelo. I mean, they're going to write off uh, Billy Joe Sanders just because Canelo is made to look like a superstar with the opposition that they that they give him. I mean, anyone looking I would look incredible with the opposition that uh that they give Canelo Alvarez, but you know, you're fighting a southpaw, okay? You're fighting someone that moves really good on his feet like an Ali. You have someone that's, you know, that literally darts in and out. He throws a lot of combinations, has a little bit of power. It's going to be a, it's going to be a really tough task. I think the only way that Canelo wins is either by knockout, you know, I'm not saying he can't win by knockout. Um, or the judges the judges, you know, generous gen, you know, like they always do, give him a very generous uh decision. If you guys you know, if you, and
2: you anywhere you can ask Eric, if you guys wanna be a betting man, if you wanna bet on a fight, this is the fight to bet, because it's probably he's gonna be <laughs> you know, you got Billy Joe who's probably gonna be a 30 to 1 underdog or a 20 to 1 underdog you can win a lot of money because i think billy joe and we've been talking about this for almost a year that we both believe that billy joe his style of fighting and everything with boxing is style it's styles so we believe everyone, that billy joe is going to beat canelo alvarez
0: everyone is saying that this is the best boxer that canelo alvarez has faced since lara and Mayweather mm-hmm. he has not faced a guy like this since Mayweather and Lara I mean Triple G was a great fighter don't get me wrong we all think that by the way if you check your archives I was on the show and I, I told everyone uh, for the first fight the first meeting that they had Triple G and Canelo I said Canelo was gonna win by robbery and that's exactly what happened you go check those archives I said Canelo by robbery and Triple G was supposed to win mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened but um, I, I, I I think that this guy's got a great chance of beating Canelo. I think I, a lot of people are not giving him a shot. Well, know? but I, 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 I'm telling you right, I'm telling you right now, uh, either the, the, there's only uh, either Triple G, either Canelo is going to lose, okay, and the judges are going to do what's right, or Canelo's going to win and Billy Joe's going to get robbed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I, those are my two. I think that, I honestly think that since Canelo is the face of boxing, okay, no matter what, he's going to have the judges on his side. I mean, because boxing is corrupt. Um, I'm happy with the UFC. I'm happy that we didn't see a, i I'm happy we didn't see a robbery on Saturday oh night. Oh,
2: my God. That, that card was terrible. Absolutely terrible. That was terrible.
0: a terrible card, but, you know, and you know it was terrible. Mm. They needed you guys commentating that fight. because those <laughs> con- Let me tell you, DC, DC and Joe Rogan were horrible. They were trying to... They were they were talking about how how Israel was up. Uh, Jan Jan needed uh, he needed a really great last round because he's down on the cards. I'm, what I'm thinking to myself, what fight were they watching? <laughs> I mean, I think you, I think you can make the argument. I, can, I think you can make the argument that Israel didn't win a round.
2: I, I you can make that argument because he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't he think
0: did. he did. He didn't. But anyway, back anyway back to Brooklyn. Doesn't matter what they do, they're not winning a championship. Okay, mm-hmm. those guys, those when when the listen when the playoff when when the playoffs come around, okay, those guys are gonna. I mean, I mean, listen, Durant's a fantastic player, fantastic. But between Kyrie Irving and James Harden, you know, I don't I, can can they really can they really play together and share the ball? I don't you know. know in,
2: always, I don't know in a seven game series if they can. So,
0: I mean, is Kyrie is Kyrie Irving gonna like? spaz out again and, and, and say that he's the, you know, is he going to start with his stuff again? You know, Kevin Durant's injury prone, you know, you yeah. never know what's going to happen.
2: No, we don't. And that's why it's going to be so interesting. Eric, I'll call you right after the show, bud.
0: You got it. All right, guys. Have a great one.
2: Mr. Martini. Uh, he's my boxing guy and uh-huh. he knows his stuff, man. He knows his stuff. you really two does. commentated a boxing match... I might actually watch. What mean him? Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> he would dominate the conversation. He he knows his stuff. He knows a hell of a lot more about boxing than
1: I do. I believe it. I'm just saying it would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, it it
2: would be funny because we it always won. argue. It would. We'd always argue, but he will he will dominate the conversation. He always does, and he knows his stuff. He and he knows a lot about basketball. He does, and he watches that. We we argue about Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving and who we would take on our team and who you know who would we build their team around. And I will say, this. <laughs>
1: and you would say neither.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't build my team around any of those guys. Honestly, I I. I I, I don't think both of those guys are the best point guards in the league. They're not. you know. No, I, I think done. Damian Lillard is. I think Damian Lillard is the best point guard in the league. And I think he doesn't get the respect that he rightfully never deserves. Has. Yeah, You know what I mean? Being that he plays in Portland. If he played right. anywhere else, he played in L.A., he played in New York, he played in a big city. Uh, even if he played in Dallas with the Mavericks, he'd be a bigger superstar. Right. He just never gets the the props that he deserves. Damian Lillard, uh, whatever you call it, Dame Dollar, whatever he calls himself, he, he to me, he's the best point guard in the league. He just doesn't get the respect. But uh, this Blake Griffin move is is definitely interesting. I, I don't know if this puts the Nets uh, where they thought they were going to be, and that is a, a championship. They're going to come out of the East. Everybody, I, it's going to be very, very hard not to pick them to come out of the East. I mean, maybe if, if the 76ers get uh, Lowry from the Toronto Raptors, that could really put them and solidify mm-hmm. them because they need a point guard. Yep. They need a guy that can move the ball at the perimeter. Even though Ben Simmons is a great player and he and he can do all those, Ben Simmons is probably better in the open court. Maybe dominating in the paint the way he does and and because of his size and his ability, maybe moving him to the two instead of the one.
1: All over the place you can move him. Yeah. He could play pretty maybe besides the center. He could play probably every other position on the floor and they can match up game plan for the Nets. Again, lack of size with uh, now they're getting Blake Griffin, they have more quote unquote size, but lack of interior defense. that could put him as a three or a four and maybe make that work with Embiid if they do get a Kyle Lowry who can facilitate or even another veteran point guard like that who could just focus on the passing end of it. And now that'll be interesting. Doc Rivers, who coached Blake Griffin no. and DeAndre Jordan, maybe that'll help them game plan for him. For those guys, there's well. nothing a game plan. These, these two guys are old,
2: they can't jump anymore, and they're both the washed up players. The guys that they're right, they'll know to the that,
1: instincts of it in, in terms oh, of what they'll need to do. And then he could also focus on defending the other guys, the big three. Well, you three put, guys,
2: I would put Joel Embiid on Kevin Durant because of size and ability. And Joel Embiid can compete and stick to Kevin Durant. I mean, he's it's just as fast as Kevin Durant is uh, at his position. So, right. I if you put Joel Embiid, you put Ben Simmons. Um, you put Ben Simmons on James Harden, which would be a, a huge uh, disadvantage for the Nets. And then if you get a Lowry, you put Lowry on Kyrie Irving. So, and, and to me, that will make them a better team. I, I I really and they've got they've got Harris. They got some good weapons. I, I mean, the the ers are a good team. They're just missing that 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 pure
1: point guard, which they don't have. Well, the other question, too, with that, if that was a hypothetical matchup, they, we, we talk about Harden's playoff all, all the time. Will Simmons and Embiid overcome theirs, too? Because they've had issues on their own rights.
2: Mm. So, And by the way, Anthony O'Rocca says, Hey, Speedy Pete, have you been <laughs> watching Barzell's highlight reel goal on the loop Wishing he was a Ranger. <laughs> I saw the goal. It was
1: It's the goal of the season so far, but. What was I, mean, it? I didn't even see it. Oh, it was, see it. it was impressive. Who did he Sa- do it against? Uh, Saturday. It was against Buffalo. Buffalo, I think it was. I've yeah. been very, it very was, busy. It was really, really impressive. It's the goal of the year so far. I'll give the I'll give them all the credit on that. I don't know how much better. I mean, he'll make the Rangers better. I don't know how much better because offense is not their weakness, like we've been saying. They need mm. a lot of defense.
2: Well, Barzell, if the is just going to actually put a player around it, Barzell's going to. He's one of the most talented players in the NHL. I mean, it's not its not saying... For, it, it, that's coming from an Islander fan. If you want to say it because of an Islander fan, I'm saying that. Ask anybody that's watched this kid play. He's only 23 years old. And and what he does with the puck is f- fantastic. He reminds me of a younger and more talented Alexei Kovalov. Mm-hmm. Alexei Kovalov over the years, if anybody watched hockey, Kovalov was an unbelievable puck handler. And he could skate around anybody. And he's a lot bigger than Barzell. But Alexei Kovalev didn't have the ability, uh, the two-headed monster that, that, that guy, a guy like Mar- Matthew Barzell has.
1: And pure speed.
2: So. Yes. Uh, well, Bar- Kovalev was fast. He yeah. was,
1: but in terms of like pure speed skating. No, was, he's Bar- not. Bar- Barzell Barzell was the second fastest Barzell, skater. Yeah, in Barzell, Managel. in terms of recording in comparison to other even past era guys, was one of the fastest that we've seen in the, in the last. 21st century.
2: Yeah, well, is the second-fastest player in the NHL, right behind Connor McDavid, so uh, it's fantastic. And what you see, and, and the Islanders right now, uh, you can't take shots at what the Islanders are doing. The Islanders are playing great hockey. They have one of the best defensive-minded coaches in the NHL, and, and the best coaches in the NHL and and you see what they're doing defensively. They're a good team. And and team when when it comes to the NHL and winning a championship, you have to be a good all around team. Right. You're not not necessarily the best players, a great team. And goaltending is going to be a very big part. And Sorokin, uh as, as ever since his first two games, Sorokin's
1: been practically unbeatable. So, Anthony says, Islanders are the only team in the NHL who have five players with nine goals or more. Team is underrated as far as their scoring ability. Yes, that is team hockey. That is depth. That wins, too. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, and and the Islanders need that next guy, that other guy to put with Barzell that can actually put the puck in the net. I think Oliver Wallstrom, slowly but surely, I think the kid's going to be unbelievable. I I think it's going to take him another two years to figure things out as a star in the league. But once he does... Oliver Wallstrom's going to be a a 30 40 goal scorer. That's what I everybody believes that. I mean, his ability, his capability with his puck handling skill, uh, he's got a tremendous amount of speed. So the Islanders set up very, very good for the future. I just think they need that other guy, that Mike Hoffman, that guy that's going to help out. Uh, a guy like Matthew Barzell, which is going to put the Islanders um, on that next pedestal, on yeah. that that championship pedestal, which they're not there yet. And yeah. I
1: don't care what anybody says. They're not there it's yet. It's interesting with the Eastern Conference because we look at the two teams in the, in the Central with Tampa and Carolina. Carolina kind of has that one obvious need. They need a goalie. Mm-hmm. And they are very good with the skaters. Tampa, they have pretty much everything complete. They just got to stay healthy. And then you look at... In the Metro with the Capitals, do they have enough offensive depth? Because they have a very good coach. They have good goaltending. They have enough, do they have enough offensive depth with their top line? And that's a question. The Bruins, they kind of what they are what they are. They're, they're always been streaky in the playoffs as a result. They just went to the Cup, but then they lost in the second round last mm-hmm. year. I think they kind of are what they are. Could they use more offensive depth? Yes, so it's kind of like who will fill that one need, is mm-hmm. that trade deadline. And then there's playoff hockey. That's always a crapshoot as it is. But there, those are the five teams I think you could look at where if they want to win a championship in the East, that's what you're looking at. Because the West, generally, in terms of the like who we say are the most talented teams, we think of Vegas, we think of Colorado, obviously Tampa too. But a lot of those teams the four are four really talented yeah. team in the West that everybody thinks is going to win a Stanley Cup. In the
2: East, it's... Uh it's open season for the Eastern Conference. Like, yeah,
1: like Tampa is probably the best team on paper, and maybe they're the best team even in comparison yeah, to the well three teams. But Colorado seems. I don't Louis, think they're Vegas. winning. I yeah. don't think Tampa's winning. back don't think so either. either. Nope. So
2: I, I we haven't seen that since Pittsburgh, and, I, and and the way the reason why Pittsburgh won is because they had a hot goaltender in Martin. And not only that, the Predators got badly
1: screwed in that game six. Too, yes. if you remember.
2: Anthony says when we were at the draft in Dallas, Philk wanted the Rangers to uh, I did draft too. Wallstrom. I did he is too. now playing great. Yeah, he's playing great. I think the kid is. Uh, definitely going to tran, you know tran, you know we've seen this over and over again. We have seen this over and over again. It takes a while for these guys to really develop but when they figure things out I think that I, I'm very surprised they sent key for bellows down but they sent him down because of Oliver Wallstrom mm-hmm. and Oliver wallstrom to me is the better all-around offensive player out of both of them. Now, Kiefer Bellows is trade bait. I could see uh, the Islanders moving from Kiefer Bellows, maybe uh, uh, in the offseason, going after Patrick Laine, and, and they're going to have to give up a significant amount of draft stock to get somebody like a Patrick Line. But this is the thing that the Islanders need. They need that other guy to put on the other side of Barzell that's going to solidify it. They need a sniper.
1: They, they don't have one. Here's an option for them that they could buy low on. They might not even have to trade Bellows. Buy low right now on Jeff Skinner. That's another thing because Jeff he's been scratching so many games this year for whatever reason with Buffalo, but he's still very talented and the exact type of sniper type they need.
2: Mm-hmm. Jeff Skinner is a guy that the Islanders could have gotten in Dallas when we were talking about it. They were interested right. in Jeff Skinner, mm-hmm. and they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't uh, make the move in in the draft because they wanted a uh, significant. I think they wanted the the eleventh pick for uh, mm-hmm. which was Noah right. Dobson or something like yeah. that. So and they weren't willing to do that. So it, to me. I think the Islanders have the opportunity to make moves, especially at the trade deadline. They need to find that guy that's going to be on the other side. Pajot was a great move by the Islanders. They gave up a first and a second for him. And Pajot has played better, is really, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's been sensational. But... Uh, Skinner. Uh, by the way, Anthony says uh, Skinner
1: six years left, nine million for Skinner. Only one goal, not touching that contract. But I think you could buy low because of the contract. The Islanders are yeah, they're cash strapped. We understand that, but not next year. The value, yeah, the value for Skinner that you're going to be able to get is very low, where you're not going to have to trade a lot of these top prospects in order to do that. And again, the, the Islanders can spend money for what they quote unquote need, and they're not going to have to spend a lot with the, with the draft picks they already have and the young talent, which we know is very good. So that's why I'm saying they could do that. The contract actually could help them not have to trade as much.
2: Yeah, and and, and by the way, the Islanders will have money actually, I think they have around 14, 15 million, which they had. They were they were really cap strapped uh, this past offseason yeah. with the Boychuk move and the fourth uh, line. Yeah. And, and Boychuk's <laughs> still under contract right now because he hasn't retired yet, technically. Fully, yeah, which is ridiculous. I, I He's screwing the Islanders just as much as John Tavares did. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I don't know if I go
1: that far. But <laughs> Why not? I mean,
2: that's 2 or $3 million off the board where they could have made a move maybe for a Mike Hoffman. I mean, he decided to stay on, on the cap, and it's affected the Islanders. It absolutely has. Uh, if Buffalo retained 50% and took back...
1: Lad, then maybe. I mean, if the Sabers took back Lad, I mean, we already think they're the dumbest organization in the NHL. That'll solidify that maybe it's the dumbest organization. How many years if they does? Do that.
2: How many years does Lad have I left? I think
1: this is the last one. It might be two. I don't remember mm. because it was. I, th- I think initially it was a six-year deal. So I don't. Oh, remember. that was a cap strapping yeah, terrible I, contract. I'm just, I just. I don't remember what year it was that they, they did it in. So it's either one or two years left. But I'm pretty sure this is his last year. Regardless, if the Sabers take him on any which way, they're the worst organization should at sports right he has two years left two years so two
2: years left but next year this is his uh, two years left so after this year he has one year left and what I would do with the islanders I would move our contract away I, I you can move that contract 5.5 million you can move it take on another contract move that okay. contract and take on another contract take a two-year contract uh, from a guy that actually could put the puck in the net that's what the Islanders need a guy that can actually put the puck in the net which has been a huge problem for them in the big game. And now everybody says, well, the Islanders are one of very few teams that have nine players over nine goals or more. That's fine. But they need a guy that's going to put the puck in the net when they need the puck in the net. Yeah. Which they, the only, honestly, they only have two players that could do that. And make the defense game plan for somebody else. Pasho <laughs> and Barzell; Those are the only two guys and I can honestly trust that they're going to uh, open up the cor- open up the ice uh, for those players. Yeah. Um, Anthony says, Lad Parisi fell apart of the deadline right. last year, couldn't make the money work. Why not Parisi now?
1: because Minnesota's contending, so I don't think they're going to do it now. Why Parisi? They sat him out. He was For one scratch. game, I don't know if they're going to do it for a long period of time. Not to mention, he's still the veteran leadership that a young, younger Minnesota team is going to need if they do end up making the playoffs, which they're, I think, third in their division, so they should at the moment. But they're going to need that kind of leadership where I don't think they're going to end up doing that. Does it
2: match? Does Ladd and Parisi match?
1: No, Parisi's is way bigger, but again, he's also more valuable for the contract. I think Parisi is 8.5 million. How many years does he have left? Uh, Two? F- I want to say that uh, let's see, twenty twelve. No, his contract was longer, so I think he still has three. All right, so trade Ladd for the
2: three. And you, you bring in Zach Parisi, he's a goal scorer, he's a winger that you could put with Barzell.
1: I uh, know no, I the Islanders would be great if they did that. I'm just saying I don't know if Minnesota would do it. It's so
2: interesting. if Paris is making seven point five million. So it, it's so interesting with the free agency market and in the offseason. Who who are the free agents right now going into the offseason? Uh NHL free agents. NHL free agency. I'll
1: look at forwards. You can look at everyone else.
2: 2021. Uh, free agency tracker.
1: Uh, a lot of uh, goalies. Oh, a no, lot that, of goalies. Well, uh, that's why you're that <laughs> Let's
2: go to left wingers. Let's let's go there. Update that left wingers. We have uh, Alexander Ovechkin, Which was rumored Taylor Hall. Uh, Henrik, Henrik Zetterberg
1: still getting paid. Wow.
2: <laughs> Brandon
1: Sad. Um an interesting one. Mm-hmm. That he's injury prone. That's the only concern. Mike but Hoffin. he's a nice player. Landeskog is an interesting target though if that's what the Islanders want to go to cuz Colorado's got a lot of offensive firepower where they might want to spend that money in other areas maybe they go after a goalie and that it, maybe they'd have to let him go as a result. I would pay attention to that if I were the Islanders. Mike Hoffman is the best fit for the Islanders. He, he really is. He's the guy, he's the guy that I wanted for
2: the last couple of years and Anthony agrees with me too. I I, I think yeah. Taylor Hall, I think Taylor Hall is washed up. He had he, one he's too streaky. In.
1: He's just weird.
2: <laughs> I don't want Taylor Hall even though he's very good for friends with um, with Jordan Eberly. I I don't want him. Kyle, yeah, and he's too Hal Mary from the New Jersey Devils. That's
1: another underrated one. He's a little older, but he that's another underrated one for sure. I think Landeskog or Hoffman into if if you want a young like Dur- uh, dur- not durable, but consistent type winger for the next six, seven years or something like that. Those are the two to look at. And Hoffman's been consistent. And he's just again, also has been injury prone too. He's a little older than Landeskog, but thirty he's, years old. But he's I, arguably more talented and similar level overall. I, I, I want Mike Hoffman. I don't know
2: if um, St. Louis is going to let him go. I think St. Louis will extend his contract at the end of the season, especially the season he's having right now. He has seven goals and 11 assists. I mean, a guy it, right now, even with a short season, 50 seasons, 50, uh, 50, how many games this year, 60 games? 56. 56 games? He's probably going to score about 20 goals, 22 goals uh, in, in a short season. So uh, I, I can't see St. Louis giving away a, a, a offensive player that talented. I, I really don't. And they'll probably, uh, probably move
1: contracts just to keep him. Yeah, so, a lot of the, looking at the right wings, a lot of those guys are older, so I don't know if you're going to want them. Maybe it's maybe a one-year deal, but a lot, of, a lot of those guys are, a lot of the guys are Marion Hosa, Marion Gaverick. I think they're better like left-wingers yeah, than they the, are right-wingers. I think that's the areas they're going to have to look at. I mean, maybe one of these guys is a one-year deal for leadership, but you can't expect them to be the same players that they were, because no. a lot of these names are older. I think Landis or Hoffman are definitely the two guys to look at. How about at. Blake Cameron? Oh, Anthony says, Philip Forsberg is the prize at this year's deadline. Ooh. Ooh, that's an interesting one, too, because Nashville has really struggled this year. Now, granted, he's regressed as a player from what he How wanted, much are you going to have to give up for <laughs> Philip Forsberg? But he's also regressed the last couple of years as a, as a player himself, where they might not be as big of a package to deal back. and I, They're going to want to first. They're going to want a first hmm. for Phillip. Uh, they're definitely going
2: to... Forsberg is a good player. Yes. You put him with Barzell Right, I'm, gets... trying to,
1: I'm trying to see if that... That might be worth it, though, is what I'm saying, for a late first-round type pick. I think that could be worth it. But they're going to have to give up more than just a late first-round draft pick. I know that, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal if that's where they end up going as a lot of people are anticipating. I will say this, too, with Forsberg. He's a little more well-rounded, too, than a lot of those other players that we've listed. As I think Landis Gaga and Hoffman as offensive talents are better, but... F- Forsberg can can win faceoffs. He's a much better defender than those two guys. I that could be interesting too. Just you put him of, on the wing. The first round. Pick. You put him on the wing with Barzell, and mm. you have another really a, a, a legitimate center that you can maneuver
2: right. uh, from from the wing position and the center position mm. if if need be. Right. But you're going to probably have to give Bolivia. You're going to have to do. You're going to have to give up one of your players. I likely want Bolivia in the deal. Yes, I, I sure. Think that, yeah. And, and Bolivier, it looks like he's going to be uh, a player. He's mm-hmm. going to be a player. But you're going to have to give away something to get something.
1: You yeah. Know? And, again, if they could do it without having to trade Bavillier, that would be a bonus for them because Bavillier, goal-scoring-wise, was the best one in the playoffs for the Islanders last year. Very, well, Pajot was. And pa- oh, P- uh, second to Pajot, but yeah.
2: both of them are insane. Yes, and, and, and Matthew Barzell, because he gets uh, – there are teams that are just completely – um, on top of him in the games because they know he's the best player on the ice when he steps on the ice. He, the the only player that really stands out when you when you see uh, against a guy like Matthew Barzell is uh, um uh, um Connor McDavid. You know I've watched I've watched him play against the Rangers and he was far and along the best player on the ice. Uh, Barzell, you are talking about uh, with all the great weapons that the Rangers have the uh the the, the great Paner, uh, panarin Zibinijad, and all, and yeah. all these weapons that we saw he was the best player on the ice so I I've Barzell is getting better and better as the years go by. I, I really didn't like that contract. And I think the Islanders gonna have a huge problem in a couple of years. They signed it to a three year a three year contract worth about seven or eight million dollars. They should have extended that to eight or nine years, which they didn't have the money, and I think that's going to affect
1: them. You wonder though also if maybe they're anticipating they're going to get that money shedded away from them at the end of all those bad Garth Snow contracts where maybe Barzell was keeping that in mind in terms of all right. I'll take this kind of discount for now, and then you'll pay me later type thing, and maybe d- negotiate it with him Lula Morello. Where, where <laughs> right, but maybe Barzell initially wanted more, and that's why he was holding out for a while too. So um, interesting. It's right. going to be, he said. Uh, Ovechkin is highly unlikely. The opening of free agency to Barry Trotz. Yeah, that's a possibility, Anthony. I think if he does leave Washington, I don't see him leaving Washington, but neither do I. That would be the only yeah, that, that would that be that would have happened. That would be the only season. Yeah, it would have be been the only season. Yeah, would I don't think that's
2: happening. I, I think um would be a huge ticket yeah. sales for opening the Belmont next season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen the the, the Belmont is going to sell. It's going to sell. It's going to be one of the nicest places, one of the nicest arenas in the NHL. Uh, I've seen pictures of it. I see what they they they're building um a, a mall around the stadium. It's going to be oh, wow. a very fun place to go, not only for the hockey fans, but the fans that like to go and check out and, and be a part of something uh bigger than what the the
1: game is. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be very very interesting. Um. Again, that's is it supposed to be a multi-purpose venue too? Like yes. just for not just for hockey. No, but for sports it's going to have too. concerts. It's a, oh, co- well, yeah, obviously, I was uh, talking concerts. about other sports too. I do not know if there was any. Rumors. I don't know. I'm sure the, the the the
2: the Long Island Dragons, the lacrosse team, will play okay. there. I'm sure that they'll bring an AHL or a franchise uh, AHL team over there. I mean, it would make sense over there, being that it's it's a big stadium. Maybe a basketball team. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe the Brooklyn Nets will play their a couple of games. Uh, you know, a couple of games a, a year. Does um, their
1: Does their G League affiliate, the Long Island Nets, where do they play right now? I don't know. Okay, because maybe the Long Island Nets. Maybe that's know. an option too. Yeah. Mm. Very, very interesting. That's it
2: for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Great, great show. Great content. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the B for calling up. Uh, who else called up? Uh, we had Eric. Eric, Eric Martini calling up. All the fans uh, that have been uh, so gracious, Anthony LaRocca, you know, Carl, all the guys that have been tuning in and, and really <laughs> giving us their uh, thoughts when it comes to our show. We, uh, Jimmy Jardine, mm-hmm. CJ, um, and all the fans that listen to us around the country and around the world. <laughs> yeah, Phil
1: LaRocca says Phil Sarge straight, straight up. Who wins that
2: deal? Um, uh. I take Ashley. Really? <laughs> I'll take Ashley because he could beat you with his fake leg.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Woo! Shots fired by That's Anthony right. Larocco. Uh, anyways, uh Wednesday below the mic, stay tuned. As always, six PM. A lot of sports to talk, um, a lot of lot of great things to talk about. And uh by the way, Blake Griffin, <laughs> that was a bad move by them, and it will smack him in the back of the head. Um, by the end of the NBA playoffs.
1: Speedy, I have anything to say before yes, we go? Uh, stay tuned. We got a debut show tonight. The fantasy Millionaires, Scott Simpson's show will be debuting tonight at 10 30 PM. Eastern forward. time, seven 30 PM. Their time there in California. They, stay Washington. tuned for their or Washington. Washington. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. All right, so it'll be 10:30 p.m. Right. One is in Washington. One is in San Diego. Oh, okay. The other guy's in San Diego. Yes, All right, yes. that's what I thought it was. I thought both of them were California. My bad. Sorry, Scott, on that one. But stay tuned later tonight. The debut of their show at 10:30 p.m. Eastern time uh-huh. here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh,
2: Anthony says, "Errol, quickly talk about airport argument with Phil in Houston." Oh, yes. Um, Anders Lee who he says Anders Lee is an overrated offensive player that couldn't, he, he's not going to score more than, there are seasons that he doesn't score more than 20 goals a season, and he's at one, at some point, I think at one point he said that Anthony, that me yeah. and Anthony are out of our minds. I
1: remember them saying it on, the, on their show, too. Yes, uh-huh. that
2: we're out of our minds thinking that Anders Lee was a good player. Well, Anders Lee, in the last couple of years, has become the captain of the New York Islanders, helped the Islanders lead to the Eastern Conference champion. Oh, and by the way, in the last couple of years, he's averaged almost 25 to 30 goals a season. So, um, Mr. Filk uh, – oh, oh, by the way, oh, he said Matthew Barzell is an overrated player too. So, um, again, uh, another wrong statement. So, Then Mikey C. said that too, though. <laughs> no, yeah, no, Mikey C. liked Matthew Barzell. He just said that he doesn't know how – how good Matthew Barzell was going to be? Maybe, oh, maybe
1: that that might have been for fantasy then. Yeah, but remember.
2: Matthew Barzell is a special player, a sensational player, and Philk is an idiot. So there we go. Uh, that's it for our show. We will be back on Wednesday. Until then, this is Errol Marks and the great Tidy Whitey Man himself, Speedy Petey, saying good night, and we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody.
3: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.